Welcome to the 364th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on November 26, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who thinks zombies are getting a bad rap, Carlos Rodella. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, it's not their fault. They are who they are. Yeah. We need to accept the difference. And they probably like became a zombie in a horrific way anyhow, so lay off them. Undead rights. Undead rights. <laughs> Let's just think about the zombies. Zombie That's lives right. matter. They- <laughs> <laughs> yes, they Wait, do. that is a good podcast name. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so we're going to get to why we think that, because in general, I'm pretty anti-zombie uh, yeah. as a rule. So Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. like, I mean, they're going to try to kill you, so... That's yeah, I don't like being eaten by other... There's only one person who can do that, and that's a very special situation. Zing! That's right. Good morning, folks, or good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are. It's this show, Sovadim's podcast. It's me. It's Carlos. we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Carlos, how you doing, sir? I'm okay. Uh, recording early, finally. We're not yeah. doing evening cast. Yeah, we were doing afternoon for a while. We were doing evening, kind of switching it up. And now we're back to morning, so we'll see how this energy goes. Yeah, I got energy. You got energy? energy? I got some energy. I got some energy. I'm full of caffeine. I have my coffee early in the day, so I feel like I'm kind of flying high at the moment. But we'll see how long that lasts. If I start to fade at any point, uh, just call my wife and have her uh, bring me down another cup. <laughs> nice. Oh, wait. <laughs> speaking of uh, like ups and downs, this is yeah. good just for our listeners. I think uh, a bunch of people might be able to utilize this. Uh, in the evenings, if I am having like a busy brain and it's still going... Yeah. Uh, if I need to just chill the f out, uh, there's these really great uh, good chocolates that have melatonin in them. Oh, I was gonna say, are they weed chocolates? No, not weed. It's just melatonin, and your body makes that, so it's not like crazy. Sure. Sure. Uh, but it's just a little bit. Like, so if you just take one chocolate or whatever, uh, it's not a ton. It's not like you know overdoing your system with tons of melatonin. But it definitely helps me shut down and go to bed. Oh, so. right on. Uh, I'll right. look at the name of those and maybe put them a link in the show notes or something. They're not a sponsor, but man, oh man, they really do help. And if anybody listening wants to sponsor the show, we yes. can definitely talk about that. Melatonin uh, chocolates, I'm not opposed to that. So if anybody wants to sponsor out in the melatonin chocolate industry, our our lines are open. The phones totally. are, are available. Yeah, totally. They really so. help. All right, folks. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. I say we get right to it. And we usually do that with housekeeping, starting things off as we normally do. Everybody knows Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. His side, my side. Things are a mess, so we're going to tidy up right here and right now. It's housekeeping. Carlos, what is on your side of the room this week, sir? I thought this would be a good place to start, which is the link that I sent you. Um, I forget where I sent it to you, but there's a a YouTube video. Uh, Daryl Talks Games is the name of the channel. And he okay. was talking about getting through his backlog. Okay. And it's a full video about just him trying to get through the backlog. And it's kind of fascinating. Is, uh, what's, his, what's his premise? Is he going to say, I'm going to play uh, everything no matter what? Or is he like, I'm going to play something and if it's not fun, then I'll quit? Or like, what's his criteria? Well, he basically didn't know what it was until he started doing it. And I think that's really cool with the video. It just shows him like adjust as he's going because he's got a busy life. And he talks about so many things that we just say on the show, which is like, I have a life. I can't do this. You know, I don't have much time. Yeah. Uh, or like we've also said on the show, like I'm just not feeling it. You know, yeah. like I don't want to yeah. play this game anymore. So he made the list. And as he went, 
he beat some, and then he at some point he just adjusted and said, okay, I'm not going to beat them all. I'm going to play them all, right? And so then he just marked down if he played them or if he beat them. And then he just would abandon some because he's yeah. like, I don't feel this anymore. Yeah. And then he added another rule where he just removed some from the list. He's like, I just don't want to do this one anymore. Like, or this one was told me. Did he give a reason for each one or? No, no, no. He just kind of said like, I wasn't feeling it or like, you know, it wasn't my vibe or something. And that's real life. I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. I'm not the person who would play. uh, I think he said like Dangarampa or something, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's that game called? Dangarampa. Which is great. Yeah. If you're that person, but if you're not that person, then skip it. Or if you were, I think he said he liked, he liked the first one, you know, and he didn't want to play. So I just thought it was fascinating to watch. Uh, Again, maybe we can put the link in the show notes, but just look up Daryl Talks Games. And I thought he just, it just echoed so much of what we say or our backlog is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's pause on that for a second. I think backlogs, I mean, I think these days between the number of systems, between PC, handhelds, everything. And I think with the widespread sales that we get you know like you know it's very common to get a steam sale game for like 25 cents or something if you hit like those big sales or even some of the playstation and switch games i've bought multiple switch games for under a dollar dude so like i feel like most people who are probably gaming in a serious way or at least serious enough to listen to this podcast like if you're listening to us you're probably a fucking gamer ass gamer right like we're not getting i bet a lot of casual folks i bet a lot of people who listen to us are in right yeah and so you probably have a backlog i think that's pretty normal so carlos i know we've talked about this roughly but any idea at ballpark like what your your cumulative altogether backlog might be Jeez, louise i know that i started making one in playstation because remember yeah. they added that feature they did yeah and that was really cool and i know i know that one's i think 80 games in there mm-hmm. but that was just me you know just having to using that feature gotcha it's probably of games that I actually want to play, I'm going to use no, his no, no, method. No, but, but all together. No, not, not not just what you want, but all together. Well, that's what I'm saying. What, 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 if I didn't want to play it, you must have some there? games that you maybe now don't want to play anymore. I mean, like, all right, okay, this way. This okay, way. I don't know. I, that. That's my point. Is it's like you you do have to change it at some point. That's true. That's and I true. think me watching that video made me go like, okay, which games of all the things that are in the backlog, but yeah. I still want to keep playing. Okay, I'm going to ballpark it and say it's probably a couple hundred. Okay. I think it's like 200 because if I have 80 already and I there's a bunch on Steam, there's a bunch on Xbox, uh, yeah, I think it's probably 200. So you're saying you've probably got 200 that you want to play or you yeah. think you've got maybe 200 like just all together? No, I think 200 I 200. really do want to play. Yeah. And how many do you think you've got like all together? Like if you're, you're like including the ones you probably will never get to that you'll probably delete that you probably don't want to play anymore. What do you think? I don't think it's that much more because we play we played like six hundred games last year or something, we do. right? We do, yeah. So we did. I think it's about three hundred, maybe or something. You know, like in the three hundred range that I would still want to play and I don't, I won't be able to. Gotcha. I don't know. We should actually. I might actually make it. What was that website that we used and we talked about on the show? Uh, backlogged. Backlogged. There's like a. It's not spelled that way though. Yeah. It's like B A C K L O G G D. I think they take out the last E. I think it is. Yeah, I might jump back into that because I don't know. I just yeah. I was inspired to like do what he did, which is go through it. You go through the list. Yeah. But then just take things off or just play it for a little while. You know, like he had well, never yeah. played some games and now he got to play them. So for sure, for sure. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I actually. Started going through my Switch backlog a couple nights ago because, um, you know, we review tons of stuff for the show and I get lots of codes, but the codes are starting finally to taper off for Q4. There's still going to be a few more. 
Uh, but I think we're we're through the worst of it. And so I didn't have anything immediately to play on the Switch. And I was uh, I'm still working my way through Backpack Hero, but like that's a fucking long ass game. That's gonna that's gonna be like I'll be chipping away at that for like months. Like it's not mm-hmm. something you can just barrel through and beat. So I'm like, okay, I, I played like nine rounds of Backpack Hero. I should play something else now. And I'm like, okay, nothing for the show. So I'm open. I can look in my Switch backlog. And I started going through my Switch backlog. And there was like a lot. Of, I'm like, oh, oh, I want to play that. And oh, that, oh, yeah, I remember buying that. I want to play that. Like, there, I have a lot of good stuff. But I think if you look at my, if we're talking about everything. So Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, and even PC. Because I do have a PC backlog, believe it or not. Yeah. I do have steam and i buy you know when stuff's a quarter it's hard to say no to that so i think all together everything and we're talking the raw list i'm probably like i'm probably north of 1500 titles dude it's pretty crazy 1500 at least at least 1500 probably closer to 2000 it's almost like that's why both of us should do this now that you said that okay maybe mine's like 500 i bet yours is bigger than you think it is you count everything Yeah. yeah but like the point is you know and and before we like leave this uh, what's it called? Mortal Coil. <laughs> we should figure this out. I'm really focused on this now. Well, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it, right? Because I started looking through these. And at some point in a gamer's life, probably sooner for us than than other people, you just got to realize, you just have to admit, you're not going to live long enough to play and finish every game in your backlog. That's just not real. Right, yeah. Like, especially you know, finish, you know what I mean? Yeah, Come especially on. finish, right? And so I started going through, um, and what I'm using backlog for, which is I think is a great site, the only thing I'm putting on backlog is stuff that I'm like, this is the good shit to me, and I definitely want to come back, and I probably want to finish all these. So, like, on my backlog, it's like it's like 40 games, right? Oh, uh, okay. So, those are just the ones where I'm like, no, I really want to play uh, Card Shark. I love that one. I had to put it down. I really want to come back to it. Uh, I really want to play... Um, oh, what's that one really depressing game that was like in... Oh, gosh... I can't remember what it was, but it's like, you're like a plague doctor or something. And it's like really depressing. Everybody dies. and It was a really difficult RPG. I'm like, Oh, I want to play that one too. Um, yeah. You know, there's a few where I'm like, I got to play these ones. I really want to play these ones. Uh, graveyard keeper. I want to finish graveyard keeper. I've started it like four times and never finished it. And I love that game and I want to finish it. So that's on there. But like, I do have to go back through my other libraries and just be like, okay, so which one of these am I ever going to get to? And some of these, you got to just let them go, dude. Like for real, you got to just be like, I'm just never going to play this. Yeah. I don't know that I would even even play them dude like i don't know that i even want to spend that much time because between the show between game critics even if i played one game per day for my backlog and gave it more than five minutes i don't know that i have time for that so we'll see i just i do like the idea again that was presented in that video of like okay as long as you play some of them they're off just your to backlog. be clear not like i think i'm gonna die tomorrow no, i'm no, just no, saying no, like no. free time is what i'm saying no I'm yeah free and then i mean if that's exactly what you're saying like there's yeah. free time in life yeah. and then like one month he just played persona 4 golden yeah. That was like the whole month, you yeah. know, and like that's okay too, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of great stuff came out of the video. People just check it out, um, Daryl Tuck's games. But yeah, uh, I think I'm going to do something of that sort, and I really do want to just kind of like list it all out and uh, and just knock it out. Because again, we have new games every single week. So. Yeah, well, I mean, that's this is the show for it, right? Like, you know, I, I think it's difficult when you're like a content producer like we are and stuff, and we got to get a show out every week, and we definitely want to cover new stuff. But I think also there's a big market for older games. People want to listen to a lot of retro stuff or older stuff too. So like maybe maybe your goal for like 
2024 should be like Carlos's backlog, right? Where you play yeah. a couple new games, but then you you go into the backlog and you we we could structure this. We'll talk about this offline, but like you know, you play one from your backlog. Maybe I'll do that too. Maybe I'll pick like one a week from my backlog. We can each do. I was gonna say, is that gonna be just me? We let's yeah, both yeah. do it then. Maybe we could both do like you know, okay, here's the new games this week. Boom, 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 and then here's our backlog game. Yep. Did we like it? Did we not? Done. And are we gonna finish it? Or are we not? Maybe we should do that. Hundred percent. Cool. cool yep. idea. I'm gonna write, wait, I gotta write that down. I'm gonna forget. Oh, well, I won't forgotten. forget. But okay, yes, do it. Write it down. And then when you're doing that, um, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, well, there's a few things here on my list. I, I'm very kind of, I should say, very, but pretty excited about Inzoi. Inzoi. I n z o i. I don't even know what that um, is. It's a weird game where I think the cat controls everything. I'm not sure about that, but it's uh, the trailer came out and it's like a new Sims, but it's very very detailed. And uh, I know some people are like, I don't want like to have a job and do like a virtual life. But I was fascinated by Second Life and those kind of games. And they never had like amazing graphics and they were kind of oh. clunky. This is like beautiful graphics, high definition. You can make your own apartment. Um, you know, you could do all these different things that you could do in The Sims. But it looks just much more like high def. It's probably using Unreal 5 or something. And for some reason, there's also a weird twist. I think the cat is some sort of magical cat in it. Uh, anyways, it's not I've in never your wheelhouse at all. No, I've never heard of this. I'm watching a video on YouTube right now, and it, I see the cat. I see it looks like a virtual life sim. Uh, definitely not my wheelhouse, but let me know if you dip into that. It seems interesting. Oh, I'm going to look for like early access. I'm just so excited about it. Um, and PlayStation Portal is on my notes just because we like joked about it. Everybody joked about it. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to buy a PlayStation Portal? But all these like articles are coming out about how it's like pretty damn cool. Um, especially if you're like, you know, in a hotel somewhere and you can just like play your PlayStation five, but you need to have, if I understand correctly, like your PlayStation needs to be on or at least in sleep mode, I guess like your home, like your main PlayStation has to be on. I forgot. They made it sound like it was very easy. Like it's not that that's not the hard part. It's just that it's like $300. Yeah. It's an extra screen, you know? And, um, I don't know. I mean, you could do some of that stuff with your phone now. But again, phones are not maybe the size of the PlayStation Portable. Sure. And, you know, they run out of battery and, and you use them for your phone. So a dedicated thing, I'm starting to like the idea. Well, Christmas is coming up. Yes, it is. <laughs> we can talk to Santa. We can see what we can do about this. Santa's not going to get it for me. Let's, <laughs> let's be real. Santa is like, that's overpriced. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, cool. If, if that fits your lifestyle, go for it. I don't think I really have any need of it right now. I don't fully yet either. I bring it up because I just, I like, you know, being the other side of conversation in the gaming world where everyone's like, this sucks. And I'm like, does it though? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, but at the you same are time, Mr. Devil's Ad- I need to get you a shirt that says I am the devil's advocate. Yeah, that's definitely a so video yeah. games podcast shirt. Um, but I really do think that like, you know, it has some merit. So anywho, anyway, you know, I, I just for a second, I think if I was going to get a portable, I think I would probably get like a steam deck before I would get a PlayStation. Yeah. That rock one or whatever it's called. Yeah, John over at Gaming in the Wild was talking about the the ROG or the ROG Ally or something in the Steam Deck. Yeah. And I've got like, you know, there's a lot of PC games that I wouldn't mind playing, but I don't like to be in front of my PC and that would solve it. You know, I had I had one of those um Oh my god, what was that? What was that like PC like console that came out a while? Was it Steambox? That's what it was. Steambox? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I got one of those a while ago and I'm like, "Okay, this is kind of cool, but they didn't support it enough and it was like 
really fucking fiddly and it needed like updates like every day. Like it was always just, it was a pain, right? It was kind of like just a small PC rather than a, a console that played PC games. And so it didn't quite hit, but if the steam deck, you know, smooths things out and if you can just play some of these PC games that I otherwise am interested in, but would not play, I would rather get a steam deck or something similar before I would get a PlayStation. Cause I got a big ass TV. I got a comfortable chair. Yeah. I like, I like, playing my playstation on my big tv that works for me so oh yeah, same here yeah yeah that's kind of where i'm at right now so I think i'm not really tra- looking too hard at it and it's the traveling aspect you know what i mean like there are d- definitely comes times where i am traveling more yeah. um and especially like during like show season and stuff like i just went to twitchcon and yeah i might be doing ces in january and stuff so like when i'm out and about um and i'm just you know you just started a new playstation game or a sure, new xbox sure. game it's that kind of thing. Yeah, Anywho. I mean, I guess I guess if you leave your PlayStation on or in sleep mode or whatever, and then you just, if you got real good Wi-Fi when you go to the hotel, I guess that works. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Someday, we'll maybe. See. Yeah. Uh, and then just lastly for you yeah, uh, and for anybody listening who likes Dave the Diver. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, going crazy. People are loving it. Um, so you were right in your assessment. Uh, there's no yeah, right and a, wrong. but That's a solid game. I am There is right, and game. I am right, but that okay. was a solid game, yeah. Well, here's what's weird and interesting and intriguing. The same developer, they're called Mint Rocket, mm-hmm. is making a game called Nakwan Last Paradise. Yeah, I know I know this one. I know this okay. one. Okay, and it's one of those games that I just definitely look for, which is like the day before that's coming out soon and like the, you know, PvP VE kind of games. Yes, exactly. And like course, open world, like kind of like the Division but with zombies, right? And like Scavengers that never yep. released that I yep. was on, um, which was great, which was a great game. Which is such a fucking good game. Anyway, sad about that. I am still sad about that too. Uh, but this is a PvP VE and that's hard to come by and it's zombies and I just I'm very interested in what a different type of game. <laughs> I saw yes. Because for people that don't know, Dave the Diver is really cute and warm and cozy, 2D pixel-based skin diving game where you work at a sushi bar. And this, what was it, Nakwan Paradise? What's it called? Last Paradise? Nakwan Last Paradise. Nakwan Last Paradise. Yeah. It is like third person, like open world, realistic graphics. It it could not be more different. I was like, is this even the fucking same developer? What is going on? I know. Way, way different than anything that we saw in Dave the Diver. But I don't really know anything about Mint Rocket anyway. Maybe maybe Dave the Diver was their one-off, and this is their usual jam? I have no idea. Yeah, and plus you have different people in studios who have different skill sets. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyways, for sure. We, uh, they have a great track record already with their first game. So I mean, Yeah, I'll, first one's certified hit, so we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right, you have some news. I do have some stuff. I got a couple rando things here. So first off, I got a message from um, a deaf game player yesterday on Twitter. Uh, They reached out, and luckily I was still on Twitter. I was still checking Twitter uh, because, boy, whatever. I'm not going to get into it now, but, boy, that's – I've been on Twitter for, like, 15 years, and replacing that social network is just not really going to happen. That's going to be a sad thing. Anyway, they knew who I was uh, because I was at GameCritics.com, editor, as I say in the opening show. And they're like, hey, Brad, we know that Game Critics does a really great job at accessibility, specifically for deaf people. I am deaf, and I wanted to know what's up with Armored Core 6, because you guys didn't review it, and you guys usually have uh, a breakdown of the accessibility. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, we didn't. We talked about it on the show, but we didn't do an official write-up, because they only sent one code, and I chose to use that for the show. Um, And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, no problem. I'll download it and play it literally right now. And I'll tell you right now, 
Um, it just so happened that I had it. You know, I had the code still. So uh, I jumped on, downloaded it, played it through, hit him back, gave him the full report. And he was like over the moon. He's like, oh, my God, thanks so much. I was going to buy this. And I was waiting to hear because you guys are the only people that really like really talk about it. And I appreciate that. And I'm like, cool. So, yeah, please. I'm happy to help. Um, and he said also that he uh, didn't say whether he works or attends Cal- California School for the Deaf in Fremont. Uh, which is a school near and dear to my heart, uh, mm. but they uh, said that they have been telling people at Game Critic or that Game Critics is a place to go for specifically deaf-oriented accessibility in games, not just subtitles, but also captions, which is um, ambient sounds in the environment. Yeah, uh, you know, like when someone, you know, car car crashes, it'll say car crash or something in the background, so you know what happened. But also audio cues, like, are you able to know where damage is coming from? Is there anything on screen that tells you about that? Are there any important sounds that don't get a cue? Uh, sometimes maybe you're waiting for your your gun to reload and you'll hear like a ch-ch, but there's no nothing on the screen that tells you your gun is done reloading or something like that. You know, there's yeah. all sorts of sounds that can be um, visually accompanied and sometimes they don't. So I just it was nice to reach out to somebody who comes to our site all the time, uses us. And I guess I don't, we don't really talk about it that much, but Game Critics, I believe, is one of the preeminent places on the internet to go for that kind of accessibility. Uh, there's also um, caniplaythat.com is, I think, probably the best place because they specialize only in accessibility. Mm. And they've been doing some good stuff over there. But I think uh, in terms of regular-ass reviewing places that just happen to cover accessibility, uh, you know, I, I don't make it a habit of tuning our own horn, but we've been doing this for decades. And I really want people to know that this Game Critics is a place you can go. To find out, can you adjust the controls? Are there subtitles? Is there colorblind uh, information or different modes? Is there accessibility for people who can't hear? We've got all that stuff on every print review we've got. So I just yeah. was a kind of reminder. And I knew, I mean, I know people out there use it for that. But like, it's just a reminder that people really do come to our site just for that stuff. And it's really important. So cool. anyway, heads up. If you need those uh, accessibility tips or you know somebody that might, please send them over to GameCritics.com because we've got you covered. Yeah, just keep that in your bookmark and yeah. just use that as a Game Critics search when you want to look for the accessibility stuff. I know because every time, you know, we do a game and I'm doing an official score, you're like, Carlos, get all the stuff, get yep. all the accessibility stuff. Yeah, take screenshots, and I'm like, yep. oh my goodness! And that's also when I learned about the different accessibility features that I even know that existed in some games. It kind of gets you to research them yourself to yeah. dig in, right? Because yeah. like, remember Saints Row? Um, it had one. It had captions for just people talking on the street, like NPCs. Oh, the ambient captions. Yeah, yeah. and I actually yeah. learned more because I wasn't listening to them. You so know that I mean? stuff really benefits everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like studies often say that the majority of people do leave subtitles on when they're watching TV, even if they don't have any kind of hearing issues, just because they can catch more, they'll clarify the words, you know, sometimes noisy background, kids are talking, whatever. Yeah. So most people leave subtitles on and that helps. Um, So accessibility stuff can benefit everyone, not just people who have the disabilities. Yes. All right. So there was that. Uh, I think probably the biggest news, I have two two more things to talk about. The biggest news this week, I think, is that we have finally, drumroll, we have finally launched a Patreon um, and a Discord. So I was resisting for a long time, um, but I think uh, it's probably a good time right now. I So everything's live. Everything's live. The Discord is there. The Patreon is there. Why did we do this? Well, you know, I've mentioned a couple times the costs of the show keep rising, and this is all coming out of our pockets, like all the equipment, microphones, computers all the stuff and then the hosting and uh, the uh, archiving of the shows and everything. And, you know, all the places that we host, like um, 
uh, what is it? Spotify mm-hmm. and SoundCloud and all the other stuff that we use to get the show up. I mean, those costs never come back down. They just go up and up and up. And especially like the website hosting has gone up and up and up. And I'm like, man, okay, whatever. So I'm happy to pay for this stuff out of my pocket. But, you know, I'm not a rich dude. I'm just like a guy. And so if people listening to the show would like to support the show. Now, let me be clear. The show's not going away. The show is not in danger. Okay. So like if nobody chips into the Patreon, it's not like the show's going to die. Like I will just, I'll keep doing this as long as I can afford it. And if I have to work another extra gig to pay for the show, then I will. But uh, over the years, we've had many people who say, hey, we really love the show. I, I would love to chip in. Do you have some place I can donate? And the answer has always been no mm-hmm. until now. So if you want to donate, great. I would love to have $1 or $5 or whatever and chip in. And if you want to help out the show, that's great. Um, we are not going to put anything behind a paywall as far as the show goes. So you will always get the same show. Nothing will be. There will be no special um, subscriber-only episodes. There will be no special content. Nothing like that. I don't want anybody to feel excluded or left out if they can't afford to contribute. So that's that's not what we're about. Um, but I will say there is a perk. If you do contribute at the $5 level, um, you will get access to our Discord. Discord is the hotness with the kids these days, I can tell. Oh, geez. I know. <laughs> and so I started one, and uh, it's going pretty well. It's pretty quiet because this is literally the first time we're talking about it. I don't think really anybody knows except for like the three people that I told directly, like you. And I think I invited John from Game of the Wild. And I think I invited um, Dave Jackson uh, from uh, his podcast and a few other people. But just just like a handful, just like personal friends, right? So, but if you want to get on the Discord, you can chat with me. You can chat with Carlos. You can chat with other cool people who listen to the show. It's going to be pretty small. It's not going to be trashy, weird social media garbage. It'll be cool people talking about cool things. And if you want in on that, That'll be the $5 level of the dis- of the Patreon. You can get in on the Discord. But if you don't want to do that, if you don't care or whatever, that's totally fine. You'll still get the same show every week. But the Patreon is there. I will tell you right now the address is. So you go to Patreon, patreon.com slash the so video games podcast. You'll see our show. I wrote up a little bit about us, me and Carlos, and about the show itself. You'll have some options for chipping in. And if you want to donate, please feel free. We would love to get all the help we can to keep the show going. But again, you will not be locked out of the show, and the show is not in danger. So just, just, just know that, I guess. Yeah, there's no paywall going up after this episode. Yeah, we're not keeping anybody out. Um, and then, yeah, I will actually be working on a little bit with you on that Discord, and we'll, you know, uh, spruce it up a bit. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I've run a couple of those. So yeah, look forward to it soon. So there you go. And in fact, right now you can well, even go to it right to now. It now. So you'll see the pre-spruced now. Yeah, and we're not in there because we're recording a podcast. Yeah, we're literally recording a podcast right now. But by the time you hear this, Patreon is up, Discord is ready. So if you want to jump in, go for it. All right. Um, Only one more thing to talk about before we get into the main portion of the show. Mm -hmm. Carlos, Mm -hmm. it's almost December. Mm -hmm. You know what that means. Oh, shnikes. That's right. That's right. G-O-T-Y, buddy. Top 10 game of the year, year year-end wrap-up. I can tell you already, right now. Tell me. And we'll just ruin it. Walking oh, De- you mean you already got your game of the year Yeah, out? Walking Dead Destinies. There we go. Done. <laughs> Hot take. Oh, spoilers. Come on, man. They're not going to listen to the show if they already know you're number one. Well, that's a joke. And you Is don't it? know if I'm Is like... It? Well, I don't Is know. It? You have to listen to the rest of the episode because either that's hilarious because it's the worst thing in the world or, or it is good. Who knows? Hidden gem could be. We'll game find out. We'll listen. find out. Anyway... 
I bring this up because we're going to be doing our traditional year-end wrap-up uh, top 10, I think. Uh, we haven't really discussed it. We've done top 10 basically every year we've done this. I feel like we're probably going to do a top 10 again this year. Uh, top 10 games uh, culminating in a top pick for Carlos and a top pick for me. We're also going to do stuff like... Um, I don't know, maybe disappointments of the year or, uh, you know, other different categories, best DLC of the year. Who knows? We haven't come up with the categories yet. But, folks, if you want to get in on this, um, I'm just going to start saying this now. If you want to send us your top three of the year, along with one disappointment, that's usually what our ask is. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and start sending them in now. we got plenty of time, but, you know, no problem starting early. If you've got a top three, best three of the year, and then one disappointment, send those in to us here at the show. And then we'll collate those, read them off as we always do. Uh, Carlos and I still have to uh, get our own list together. I've got a couple. I've got maybe like five or ten contenders left. I got to get to before I finalize my list. How's your list looking, Carlos? Oh, I haven't like it. I haven't put it together yet, but I have a ballpark of like what the top five might already be in my head. Okay. Um, and how many games do I have to play before the end of the year? Yeah, like how many are you still thinking might have a spot on your list that you haven't got to yet? Let's see. I think, oh, and, and there's a couple coming out in December, right? That Possible, I still want to yeah. play. Probable. I think there's at least three or four that I have to finish that I would okay. like to. Yeah. We'll All see. right. I've, I've just, just so people know where I'm coming from. I've got out of my top ten list, I've got nine spots filled. Um, those, the order may change, but I've got nine out of ten that I feel are pretty solid locks, uh, and I've got maybe five or ten games that I want to get to to check out that are potentially. Uh, you know, year-end material, so we'll see. So not that much left, but I gotta, I gotta get cracking on those, otherwise we're gonna run out of time. But anyway, you can look forward to that show end of December or maybe even the beginning of January, depending on how it goes and depending on what games come out in December. But uh, that time is coming, and that's one of my favorite times of the year. I know. Send in your stuff now. We'll read a bunch of it. Absolutely, absolutely. So there you go. And that is it for housekeeping. I've got nothing else. Carlos, anything else? No, that's that'll do it. That'll All do it. All right, that's going to do it. Let's get on to the main portion of the show. We've got a lot to cover today. Carlos, I'm going to change it up. Oh. I'm going to start things off uh, with my, my own first pick, if that's all right with you. It is, but I just forgot one piece of housekeeping. Okay, go we ahead. Were leaving go ahead. The, we were leaving the house, and this we, we hadn't got completely out the door. Go yeah, ahead. I kicked it. I kicked the box. And the box was, I beat Spider-Man 2. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, tell us. Tell us about it. It's okay. It's fine. It's a yeah. Spider-Man game. It's a Spider-Man game. If you, if you like Spider-Man games, that's what it is. Uh, you can collect more stuff. I didn't collect anything at some point. I just stopped collecting any anything and just played the campaign. Yeah. Um, turned things down to easy, too, because I was like, I don't want to just have bullet spongy enemies. You know, I just want to yeah. beat this game. Yeah. And, um, yeah, at times it's interesting. At times it's like, uh, I think I was telling you this off podcast, it's a little preachy at times when it comes to just it's like in general um, – Okay, here's the best way I can say it, it, why I mean preachy. Uh-oh, okay. It's so positive, like, which is great because the world is positive. Um, and then I guess it gets really dark, too. Never mind. Maybe it isn't preachy because <laughs> it gets super sad, too. Maybe melodramatic is the word I want. It could be. Lots of that's highs, lots what of I lows. Think that could be that's melodramatic. That's exactly what sure. it is. And it's like it just doesn't feel real to me in that way. You know, mm, mm. Uh, the other thing that I really, really like dislike is that everything explodes. It's like any other like huge movie sure. um, or like uncharted. It's got that thing in it, which is like, uh, okay, here are the bad guys have showed up. Okay. Wait, the thing that we just built is all gone. Like the whole building blew up. Yeah. It, not even just like we killed the bad guys or beat up the bad guys. No, no, everything's ruined. And every then, every structure is made of nitroglycerin, and it, yeah, it just explodes. And then, like, there was a 
you know, Coney Island or Ferris wheels and stuff like that. Gone. Destroyed. And I think at some point I was joking with you about like, I'm on the side of uh, J. Jonah Jameson or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, these Spider-Men, two of them, Miles do, are destroying the city. They really are. That's um, true. So I think just the whole thing felt like, uh, this is some positivity. This is some negativity. Everything's blowing up. And I was like, I don't, I don't, can't connect to any of this, mm. you know? Yeah. Which is ironic because there's like so many like individual stories that I think they do well. And they definitely like are, you know, reaching out to people with accessibility and with like just uh, inclusiveness and stuff, which is good and very positive. But I think the overall feel of it is like it's so over the top that those little moments are lost. How long did it take you to finish it? Did you get an hours count? Oh, geez. I don't do. Yeah, I didn't look. Um, if I'm thinking in my mind, maybe 20 hours, maybe 25. That's pretty low. I, I was pretty low. So you went, you must have skipped a lot of stuff and just kind of mainlined oh, a yeah. chunk of it, There's right? There's like yeah. 8,000 side missions I didn't do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but even that felt a little long. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying about it. I'm not even giving it a review. I, I finished it. I just all I wanted to say. So there was something there, you know, like I was interested. Sure. Um, but in general, it just felt so over the top, so huge. And then they had these moments of quietness. And like I said, uh, like uh, inclusiveness, which were really cool. But they got just de- like destroyed by the, okay, now everybody, everybody in this city, minor spoiler, Everybody in the city, you have to like. Oh, I shouldn't say that. That's a big. Spoiler. That's a spoiler. I know yeah. what you're going to say. Don't yeah, yeah. spoil it. Yeah, okay, you know what I mean. It. Like it's just so insane. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, it's hard. Which one? Which lane is what I'm saying? Which well, lane am I going? In? Let me ask you this: If they announce Spider-Man Three tomorrow, would you pre-order? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. I, and the only reason I played this was for the lulls in the beginning, and I, you know, got some good videos out of it. And I do like what they were doing with the NPCs, where they had a bunch of them do improv acting um, for the dialogue, which is cool. But yeah, it's I don't know what that game is. All right. Anywho, pushing the box away. Uh, All right, Spider Man Two probably will not talk about it again. I know for sure it's not going to be on my year end top ten. No, but I, again, Asterix will give it kudos for all of its accessibility. Sure, and for sure. Inclusiveness, it's really good. There we go. Okay. All right, now let's talk about the games that we are going to actually officially cover here. Uh, first one is Alina of the Arena. This oh, one. Oh, Schnikes. Sorry. Wait, did you play this one? No, but this happens so many times on the show is where I'm about to play something, decide oh, not yeah. to, and then you come up with it. So This is this is 100% not a Carlos Jam. It's a roguelike. I know that. It oh, is. Oh, we're yeah. supposed to do that thing, and I just ruined it. What thing? Oh, he's, that's Alina. A, we'll but I'll, actually, I do know this game, so I won't say that. That's okay. For people who don't know what we're talking about, last week we did a thing where... I would say the title, and Carlos would try to guess what the title was. Yeah. But if you know what it is, then it doesn't work. It doesn't count. Know. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. It's fine. Okay. Um, so, Alina of the Arena. I got sent this code randomly from the publisher, so thank you very much for the code. And I am Mr. Roguelike. I play basically every roguelike. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those. Um, I had never heard of it. I didn't know much about it, but I popped it in on the Switch and started giving it a shot. Um, so, basically, there's not much story lead in. You just are this girl called Alina, A-L-I-N-A. And she's in an arena. They tell you that in the title, not a spoiler. Um, basically, the whole game happens in the arena where it's just like a circular area. But it's it's not really like um, walk around or anything. Like it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, hex based or something. There's different, definitely like nodes on the on the ground that you can travel to. So it's not just uh, 3D space that you're like freely walking around in. Because it's, it's turn based, right? Yeah, yeah said, it's yeah. turn based as well. Yeah. And it's also like a deck builder. Uh, and so basically you have a, a series of missions on a menu screen you pick which mission you want to do and you have like a choice between three all the time 
you have to do a certain number of these missions before you fight the boss of this level of the arena and then you move on so you start the game and i will say the tutorial's not super great they've been they were okay but i know a lot about roguelike so i kind of you know fudge my way through it but um they could have taken a little bit more time on that but basically you're always surrounded by enemies and you have to decide uh with the cards that you have you know attack dodge parry whatever and then you just play your cards out choose what you want to do try to kill the enemies before they kill you at the end of the turn you throw away all your cards and pick up a whole new hand and then keep going between matches you will be able to get new cards and also there's something about picking up stuff off the arena after you kill a guy but i was kind of vague on that another reason why i think the tutorial could have been a little bit better um I played it on the Switch. In terms of presentation and performance, it's fine. I think the text is okay. Um, I think the graphics are fine. It's a good fit for the handheld. They're pretty basic pixely graphics, so it's not like a you know, graphics powerhouse. So it's good in handheld. I think overall, I think it's, it's basically what I expected it to be with a couple of little fiddly bits that kind of made it less fun than I was hoping it would be. Um, the movement is really weird. Like you don't have free movement. I kept expecting to be able to move from square to square, but I think the movement is tied to some of the cards. And so sometimes I wanted to reposition and you just don't have that chance. Mm. Or maybe, maybe, maybe it was something I wasn't understanding again, getting back to this somewhat murky tutorial. Um, but I felt like positioning didn't feel good to me. Uh, I also felt like there was a lot of like little conditions. It's one of those roguelikes where uh, you read the card and it's like, you know, oh, plus damage if this thing happens and if this other thing happens. And it's like, it's too many little conditions to remember. Um, if you're going to play portable or something like this, like really quick runs, you want to be able to like mouse over the thing quickly and just know real fast what it does. Like, for example, that's something that Backpack Hero does really well, where you can always um, highlight an item and it tells you exactly what it does. And like 99% of the things that you get, super easy to understand. One sentence, you understand it, clear, done. Uh, I think simplicity is really the key to a good roguelike. And this one just gets a little bit too fiddly a little bit too many things to remember and i just it just didn't flow for me mm. i i kept feeling like i was always hung up on something and it just just wasn't popping um it's not a bad one at all but this is a year where like a lot of really good roguelikes have come out and the competition is really stiff right now so um i think it's not a terrible choice i have definitely played worse roguelikes but i didn't keep my attention for more than like maybe my first session with it yeah and i'm like okay i get it and i'm good and i don't think i want any more of this but you know again just because the competition for roguelikes is so tight right now that there's a lot of other things that just do what it does better and uh it just did not land so sorry lena in general like this is the one of the best years for games you know overall so many so many games to play so many good games Um, this is publisher dangan and they do a lot of games that i feel like are and this is no offense to dangan but i just feel like the track record's like sevens like they kill it. They they do like a lot of good stable games. Yeah. Again, yeah. this is the publisher, not the developer. The developer is different. But right. So I don't know if that it feels like it's functioning and like it does yeah. its thing. You know. I mean, honestly, in a different year, this would have done better, right? Like, in an, yeah. if it, if yeah. I was in a roguelike uh, year where there weren't many to choose from, I'd be like, okay, this is all right. Like, I would I would put up with the fiddliness and try to go deeper with it. But like, th- there's just so many good ones out. I mean, so many good games in general, but also roguelikes that it just. It kind of just got blown out of the water. It doesn't have enough uh, edges to stand with the big boys this year. Yep. So, sorry. All right. There you go. Uh, there you go. I guess take that for what it's worth. There you go. Okay. Moving on. Boy, that kind of just fizzles the end there, didn't it? I know. Just I was died. like, and that's it. And that's it. We got nothing else to say. Dead. Okay. Uh, over to you, Carlos. Tales of Arise DLC. It's one of those Tales games. I know you like those. It's DLC. I know you like that. 
<laughs> tell me. That's all you me, know. That's all I know. Tell me about the DLC here. It's called Beyond the Dawn. It was a little pricey. How much? Guess how much the DLC was. Uh, 20 bucks? 30. 30? That's like the price of a game, dude. That's like the price of a game. Uh, it is a lot of content. I'm definitely not beating it yet. And it's pretty, yeah, it's like a whole other game, really. Um, it's, it takes place after the end of Tales of Arise, which I love that stuff. Like, here you go. Go back into the world. And, you know, uh, this, these are the things that were, like, left unsaid after the ending. Good. And just carries the story forward. Yeah. And so I have a couple things to say about it. One, I, I like it. And, you know, like any other uh, game slash RPG, you leave for a while and you come back to, you're like, how the hell do I do this? Yes. So, yes, yes. Yeah. It took me a minute to figure out fighting. Um, and that fighting mechanic is so interesting. It's almost similar to Final Fantasy in a way at times, or one of the games, where it's kind of passive. You're doing buttons, but you're also kind of like you're teammates are doing a ton for you and you're doing combos a lot you, you don't remember i don't think and i don't think you played it either but I, I mean i know what it's like i've seen these games i've never played them but i know what you're talking about yeah it's it's sim it's dissimilar to a lot of rpgs though because it's like you just really are focusing on these combos that just show up after like meters are full sure so it is a relaxing kind of battle like i didn't i, I forgot how like kind of chill it was so anyways, I'm doing that, and my characters are, like, insane level. So, you know, kept the game, it's kept the same level uh, and just, like, leveled up some of the enemies around you. But I still felt strong. You know, I still didn't worry too much. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really about the story, and you meet this girl who, um, long story short, without spoiler, in the original game, there's two different types of people, uh, some people who can do magic and some people who can't. And they're basically, it's like a class system, right? We talk about this all the time in RPGs and in video games. It's like it is in the real world. Like there's a class system. And these people don't like these people. And this is very, very, you know, pertinent for right now with all the exactly. stuff that's going on in sure. the world. So it's, it's these two people who don't get along. The end of the game, it's not much of a spoiler, but you kind of bring them together. So this game starts and this girl you meet is of both. She's like born of both races mm -hmm. uh, and both cultures, and she's got magic, right? But she also is partly the other type of person, mm -hmm. and so that's already weird. And it, it shouldn't be weird, but it's like a point of contention, and people are mad at her. And then you just walk around the town, and remember, this is after the end of the game, and people that all the NPCs are like, "Man, fuck those other people." And they're like, we should just fight him again. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's like real life. Just calm down. We're all fine. We're yeah, all humans. A little, little bit too real there. It is. Well, it's just that's the whole game. Like, that's the that's the game. Like, that's like, it's like, hey, you think you beat the game. But these two warring factions of people still don't like each other. Gotcha. And you did not bring peace to the land. No, you did not. I mean, it, it's a fictitious piece. You know, it's like a facade. Um, so that's kind of like the whole thing and it's pretty heavy, uh, which of course has me very interested too. And yeah. And then it's just the, kind of the more of the same when it comes to combat. So I think it's a thumbs up for me. It's just pretty intense, uh, because it really does like not lay off on how we should really come together as people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and weirdly enough, not, I guess maybe at times it is that preachy thing. Again, you know, like I said, with Spider-Man, like I don't I'm want a good place for it. Yeah, I just don't want people like when you're making these games. Like if you go too far into the message, then it gets it gets too loud and the person like shuts off. 
You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, there's a, I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think it's really about how well the writing is because you can go yeah. real deep into a message, but it's about how do you craft, how do you present it? Right. Like, do you just bang on like the most surface level interpretation of it? Or do you like weave it into the characters? Do you weave it into the story? Do you, do you sneak up on people with the story? Do you get them to the end of the story and go, Oh, this is what you were, you know, like, yeah, there's many different ways to do it. And I don't think it's really about including message, but just how do you present the message and how sophisticated and nuanced or not, you know, it really depends on what your goal is, but I think it all comes down to the writing again. What is the intent of the writer and what is the skill of the writer? That's a hundred percent it. And that's the thing I felt in Spider-Man. So I'm glad you said that. It's the thing I felt in this DLC, yeah. which is like, it's just saying the statement over and over again, you know, whatever that might be like, we all need to get along. We all need to get along. Like if you hear it like 15 times, it loses its right, meaning. Right, 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 right. And I liked what you said is that, you know, if the writing was like more at the end of the story, you've, you know, it was revealed to you what, you know, the idea You didn't know was. you were getting along all along. Yeah, all or so, along. you know, something yeah. like that, you know, yeah. I think, yeah, so both of them are a little kind of heavy on that. And I feel like that's uh, to detriment. Um, but I, I do love the gameplay. It's one of the most beautiful RPGs on uh, PlayStation. So... Uh, it's a thumbs up for me. It's just a little, it's intense, intense. All right, right on, right on. All right, I'm going to completely change the vibe here with a game called Fashion Dreamer. Wait. This is. Wait, can I guess oh, on that one? Yeah, go ahead, do it. Yeah, Because I have a weird idea that I thought it was. Okay, go. Okay, so Fashion Dreamer, isn't, Brad, isn't this the game where uh, you design clothing uh, for different NPCs and you have like a sim kind of like uh you know sim village or sim stores where you sell the clothing in i mean yeah that's pretty close it's really yeah that's pretty close you played this game i did yeah i did okay Uh, i'll tell you why it's because the publisher sent it to me out of nowhere okay and this was on one of those nights when i didn't have anything to play in the switch i'm like okay well i've got this code sitting here and i am an open-minded fellow i'd like to think so and i'm like all right let's give fashion dreamer a shot maybe i will be surprised and we'll see what happens okay let's see so, um, yeah, it's an interesting, definitely not my jam, not something that I would have gone for, you know, out of the blue, but since I had nothing else to do, you start off the game uh, picking out your avatar, male or female, and you get to uh, go into this virtual world. It's interesting, the presentation, because you seem to be in some kind of a VR world, and it's there's a lot of, like, likes and followers, and there's a fake, like, Instagram account thing, but, like, it's all wrapped up in the whole experience. Like, you're kind of, like, piloting this avatar through this virtual world to talk about fashion and look at fashion mm. and you really want to like a lot of the the milestones are like oh get 10,000 followers get 15,000 followers or you know get like uh, 150 likes on this outfit or something and so you kind of walk around in these other avatars in um it's, it's basically a 2d game even though there is like a 2.5d element to it where you can sometimes walk into and out of the screen um but you're kind of just walking around talking to people if you like somebody's outfit you can like you like their outfit and then you get all the clothes that they're wearing. You don't rip them off. You just get a copy of them in your, in your, in your clothing library. And then you'll meet people who are like, Oh my God, I want something that's like summery with sandals, but I also want it to be kind of blue. And what do you got? And then you got to look through your catalog of what you have and then hook them up with something. And if they like it, they're like, Oh my God, I love it. And they give you a bunch of likes and then they post on their Instagram and you get more likes from that. So it's kind of like this interesting kind of blending of like your traditional fashion designing game, but also with current sensibility of like social media that we all are kind of like immersed in right now. Yeah. And there's a few games that do that. And we don't really play them much on this show. Yeah. yeah. But it's like the virtual social world where it's it's like the real one. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all pretty simplified, though. It's pretty straightforward. And I bet anybody who's on social media right now will have no problem understanding what's going on. There are more features that get unlocked as you go. Like eventually you get the choice to like make your own clothes where you can take a pattern that somebody already has, but then change the the fabric and change the color and you can change a few more things. So like at first you're just like mixing and matching pre pre-established pieces, but then later on you're like, oh, I really like these leggings, but I want them in black or I really like that jacket, but I want it to have spots or something or whatever. Um, and then there's like little, you know, selfie stations and all sorts of other stuff you can do. I think, you know, not my jam, but I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. It's actually pretty feature rich, like more feature rich than I was expecting, to be honest with you. Uh, I was actually surprised at how much it had to offer. And the only thing that I thought was really weird and unfortunate about it was the 2.5D presentation where you're, it looks almost like you're just doing a side scrolling, walking back and forth. But then every once in a while you'll have like a go into or go out of the screen, which is kind of confusing. And there's no map, or at least Mm. there was no map that I found. And there's arrows that go like when they want you to do a specific objective, it'll be like, oh, it's time for selfie. Like an arrow will show up on the screen and point you towards the selfie station, which is fine. But I kind of would like a map and just have more ability to kind of walk around um, on my own and just to know where things were. I got kind of confused because I could never remember. Oh, was it was it in? Was it left to where I'm at? Like, I don't remember. This all kind of looks the same. Have I been here before? So I think the way that they present the map is not great. And I would like a little bit more clarity on that. But other than that, I mean, despite the fact that this is not really my my kind of game i thought it was pretty cool like i was making some outfits and people get happy when you give them something and the ability to change colors and make stuff is cool you know i like fashion just like anybody it's not my jam but i'll do fashion souls i'll do i'll mix and match armor all day long when in dark souls Souls or something yeah yeah, that's true that's true that's a thing dude that's a whole thing so i like customizing avatars and all that i think this goes probably further than i um would need generally but i think it's pretty cool and if you're if you're into a fashion game it's it's got a lot to it. I feel like it's pretty deep and rich, but uh, you know, not my jam. And I think the the map sucks. But other than that, you know, pretty cool. I thought it was all right. Well, I'm just blown away that I just got to hear an episode of Brad saying the selfie station. The selfie station. That's right. I didn't think that would ever be said in this podcast. Well, by you, you. check check it off your check bucket it off list, bucket buddy. list. Selfie station. Yeah. All right. Uh, so there you go. That is Fashion Dreamer. Carlos, over to you for a game that I never thought we would ever 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 talk about again. Because we have talked about it like once. Uh, Jet Moto, this is a game from like tw- 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. PS1 game. And was it even, a, it might have even been a launch game, but if not launched, pretty near launch. Yeah. On the PS1. And you're like, I'm playing Jet Moto. I'm like, what? What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Tell us about Jet Moto, Carlos. Yeah, I made a video about, for my channel, uh, Glitch to the Ground. Follow it. And uh, no one cared. They're like, yeah, we don't care about this old game that we can't even make out the graphics of. Um, so no, It's pretty you. rough on the eyes, you got to admit. It is. That's why I wanted to play it. And the main reason is with my PlayStation subscription, uh, which is, of course, I am not a uh, defender of what they're doing because it's r- ridiculous. Too expensive, confusing, whatever. Are you on the premium now? Are you on the top on, tier? I don't remember anymore. Just like I don't remember if I'm a game, on Game Pass. I cancel i re-sign up you know what i mean yeah Um, yeah yeah. we could have a whole episode talking about subscriptions i think i'm on one of the tiers that gets this obviously which is they just release new old school games so like game catalog has you must be on the top tier dude because i'm like on the middle tier and i don't get any of these ever okay i guess you must be on the best one you must be deluxe well i'm deluxe temporarily um that's a pretty good podcast name uh 
so I, you know, Grandia, is that how you say it? I never remember. Is oh, Grandia. Grandia? Yeah, Grandia, Grandia. Grandia. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That one showed up and then Jetmoto and a few others. And I was like, oh my goodness, siphon filter. So I was like, well, I got to try some of these because they're free and, you know, why not? But I do remember loving the kind of extreme sport racing games. Yeah. Where we differ, I think. Um, and this is also uh, similar to Snowcross, which is probably my favorite one. Because it had all these really cool physics snow with cross? the snow. That's not what it's called. It was Snowcross? Yeah. No, Snowcross for sure. There's many of them. There was a couple different snowmobile games. But Snowcross is one of my favorite. Uh, you can look it up. And I'm looking it up. So that, along with Jet Moto, were these games that I remember fondly. Um, as I played Jet Moto and the clip that Sled no one, Storm is what I'm thinking of. Sled Storm I played as well. But I love Snowcross too. Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty sure my buddy worked in Snowcross. I think hmm. my buddy, yeah. For, uh, all Alex right. Did. Anyway, so... Um, those games, I really have a special place in my heart, which is, you know, racing game using early, early PlayStation 1, like physics in a way, or like uh, gravity, you know, and jet motos where you are literally jet ski, but then you can go on land and you can, you know, jump up ramps and all that stuff. Yeah, but it's not a jet ski, though. It's like a it's like a anti-gravity motorcycle thing. Yeah. It's not a real vehicle. It's not a real vehicle. It's all futuristic. Uh, and so that's why a lot of the tracks, although a lot of the tracks, especially, I don't remember this, but early on, the only tracks you can open up are either just water or ground. Yeah. So it's true. not like you're in a futuristic setting. No, it's like, yeah, like a BMX or a motocross thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, like you said, the graphics are so rough nowadays to go back and look at when we were playing it, when it first came out, it was pretty cool because it was 3d and we're like, what? But now it's, it's, it gets, I can say the graphics get in your eyes. It's like, oh, yeah, it feels you know, like sand in your it's eyes. Like it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. So, and then I kept eating shit. Like, I kept, like, just, you know, losing and, and like, hitting the wall. And uh, I thought it was funny. So that's why I made a little video of, like, me just, you know, dying a bunch. Um, but at some point, I was like, okay, I can't play this anymore. Um, <laughs> at some point, you get tired of eating shit. Yes. Yeah, I did. And so then, and, you know, it's one of those games where the old school racing games, you young people don't know this, but there was no, like, catch up feature. AI and all that stuff didn't exist. So, like, if you just lost in the beginning, you lost that race. You might as well restart the race. Restart yeah. the race. There's no shot. Uh, and these tracks are really hard. So, whatever. I, I definitely like noped out at some point, and I was like, okay, well, never again will I play that game. But it made me go want to go back to Snowcross and Sledstorm. So, I'm gonna go see if they're just as bad as you know the Jet Moto is now. But probably, I, I have so. a feeling maybe they won't be. We'll see. I bet they'll be just as bad. It's 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 a shame that they don't um, throw some resources at this because I think I always thought Jet Moto was a cool idea, and same thing for like Sled Storm and those things, where it, you know, no one's going to go back to that these days. Like our standards have just changed. I mean, maybe like a retro person might get some joy out of it, but like you put that in front of a kid these days, there's no they're going to be like, oh, what's this? Like my phone games look better than this. Like what's going on? Yeah, you know. But it's too bad they don't like polish it up. I think like a really like redone, cool Jet Moto. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. redo jet moto make it look good give it make it fun give it some you know weapons or whatever make it cool but don't expect it to be a 50 million dollar triple a blockbuster right like make it like a good c plus tier b minus tier game and shoot for that and i bet there's a lot of fun to be had there yeah they could literally just redone the textures yeah just the textures. i could have seen it, it better make it know? not stab you in the eyeballs yeah anyways i just bring it to the show because it's interesting and playstation does do one thing which is throw a bunch of 
uh, old games right back out and say, hey, you know, if you want to play this, you can. You don't need, you don't, you need the disc or whatever. Yeah. So other than that, that's that's all I have to say about that. But I'm going to go back and try the older snowball, snowmobiling games. I look forward to your report. Okay. All right. Let me talk for a minute about Howl. This was a game that was featured on the most recent Nintendo Indie Direct, which we didn't talk about, or Indie Showcase. Did you watch it? No, and there's so many directs and so many I know, showcases. I know. I didn't even know that it even happened. The only reason I knew it happened was because I got PR from people who were on the show who were like, as you may have seen on the recent direct, here's our game. And I'm like, oh, there was a direct? I had no idea. Um, but yeah, they did an indie showcase. A pretty good little show, like 22, 25 minutes, nice and tight, good trailers. So that was that was a pleasant thing. I do like the directs, the Nintendo directs anyway. Those are, those are very, um, very concise, which I appreciate. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Howl um, was one of the ones that they featured, and I it caught my attention right off the bat. Uh, you know, I like turn-based tactics, I like 2D games, and I still put a lot of time into the Switch. So when they showed the trailer, it seemed to be, it had this really cool art style. Like, it was very, I don't know, I don't want to call it painterly, but kind of a cool illustrative style that really caught my attention. It had a very distinct kind of, uh, I don't know, storybook look to it or something like that. Like, it just looked very cool. So uh, it, it appeared to be a person who was kind of like a hunter in turn-based, grid-based land with trees and stuff. And they were fighting wolves, like shooting arrows at wolves or werewolves specifically. Um, and I'm like, OK, well, I don't know much about this, but, you know, cool name, cool graphics. I'm going to check this out. And the publisher was kind enough to send us a code for the show. So thank you very much for that. And I played it. And I got to say, um, man, I bounced off this one like almost immediately. It's a really unfortunate. Oh. Um, looks so cool in the trailer. But when I actually started playing, it did not mesh with me at all. Um, again, this is a this is another case where the tutorial just does not explain anywhere nearly enough. Um, I get that developers have the game in their heads because they created the game. They probably spent a year and a half, two years, whatever, making the game. They probably played it for eight hours a day. I get that. But you really got to remember, I'm not you. And there's a lot of things that go unsaid in this game that I'm like, what is going on? Why? How do I do this? How do I even attack? What's What do these buttons do? I don't understand. And the tutorial does not tell you nearly enough. I think it just gets off on the wrong foot by just not explaining itself very much. So I really hope that this developer and other developers listening... Please, please, please take the time to do a good tutorial. If you don't know how, hit me up. Yeah. I work cheap and I will tell you exactly what's wrong with your tutorial. Guaranteed. I will fix you up and people will think you'll have the best tutorial around. I guarantee it. Tutorial so, consultant. Absolutely. Right that is that is a true fact. That's not even a joke, dude. Nope. I will help your tutorial. Um, so anyway, it starts off really poorly because it's not a standard turn-based tactic system and it, it does not explain what's going on. But basically what's happening is... You have to think a few moves ahead and plan out what you want to do. And then you and the wolves all go at the same time. So, for example, if there's a wolf on the right side of the map and you're on the left side of the map and you're thinking, OK, I need to shoot this guy. I'm probably going to go two squares forward and then I'll go up and then I'll shoot to the right because I think he's going to go up and to the left. And I think that's where he's going to be. And maybe he's there. Maybe he's not. Mm. We know it's very... People have tried this system multiple times over the years, and I got to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever played one that got it right. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like, unless you really have a very firm grasp of the enemy AI, 
it just ends up feeling like, oh, that wasn't what I thought was going to happen. Or, oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Or, oh, that sucked. I took a hit I didn't want to take. And then you get frustrated. Yeah. yeah, you just get frustrated. I just I just, I just, just don't think this whole predict what your enemy is going to do and then do it at the same time. I can think of at least four or five specific games that have tried and they've all been not great. And I think this falls into that same trap. I just don't think it works that well. I don't. Yeah. Walking, what was it? Uh, I just, uh, rock, paper, scissors. That's it. Kind of, kind of like that, but just also when there's more places to go, like, I mean, number one, I do hate rock, paper, scissors in games. That sucks. That sucks. But also just like when you've got a map, like the the dudes can go anywhere. Like unless they're, unless they specifically say the enemy will always travel forward unless this, then you know what they're doing. Then you can plan for it. But if you don't know what they're going to do, I mean, it just feels too much like a crapshoot, right? I just don't care for it. I will say also this game is really like a puzzle game, not really a tactics game. And you've got a certain number of moves, certain number of arrows, which again, they didn't explain very well. And it's like, there's two different objectives for each map. I think one objective is I think getting out of the map in fewer than the recommended number of turns. And I think the other one is kill all the enemies, but you, you often can't do both at the same time. Like taking out the enemies usually means you're going to go past the turn limit. Going under the turn limit means you left enemies behind. Mm. So you basically have to do each level twice if you want to get like max rewards, which is not a great look. I don't want to do those levels again just with the different objectives. Um, But, you know, you often have to be like, okay, well, I've only got a couple moves. That means I should go here and here. And then if I do this, maybe I'll have enough moves to get out. And it just was really really puzzly and not tactics and i that's not really what i thought it was going to be it's not really kind of what i signed up for um so between the predicting enemy moves and having to do the levels multiple times and the lack of explanation about the systems i was just like this feels to me and no disrespect to anybody this is not a personal attack on anybody i'm just giving you my, my personal impressions as a critic of fucking 40 years this feels like a game where the developers want you to go to them rather than you rather than the developer explaining their game to you yeah, And I, I don't like those games because, I mean, for a number of reasons, um, sometimes we're not on the same brain wavelength. I don't get what you're trying to do. And so to try to get me to think what you're thinking is not always successful. I don't like developers that don't explain themselves. I don't like developers who have unique mechanics that don't get explained. It, ju- it just really feels like one of those, this is a cool game. Are you cool enough to understand my game kind of a thing? And my answer is no. I've got 75 other games. I'm going to go to one of the other ones that has a decent tutorial and, Dude, and I'm going to play one of those. You know? Let me just say, we need a button on the show. We don't do any sound effects, but a button that just has a sound effect that it, it's, it alerts uh, the listeners that it's one of those games, essentially. Because yeah. Yeah. how many times do we say it? Like every episode, probably. There's a game like, oh, the developers are thinking this thing and they didn't really explain it to you, so they just thought you'd get it. Yeah, they thought you would like would want to be in this game enough to really put in the hard work to figure out how this game works. And I'm brother. That's just not me. I mean, maybe that was me when I was 20 or maybe that was me. If I was on a budget and I bought this game and I was stuck with it and nothing else to play, but neither of those things describes me now. And I just, I really kind of just get irritated when I, you know, and again, not a personal attack. I don't know. The developers are probably very lovely people. This is not a slam, but I mean, just in terms of how the game comes off, it just comes off like figure it out. Or yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, don't. And I just move on. So that's kind of where we ended up with Howl. All right. So, yeah. Unfortunate because it looks awesome. The trailer's awesome. It, it's got a really cool artistic vibe. But, boy, it, I just I just cooled off so fast off this one. I just couldn't put up with it. So. You howled in the in the, the different way. Like the angrily mm-hmm. sad way. Howl. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. 
we're moving on from that. that all right. And that was land. a terrible metaphor. I don't know. I don't that know. didn't land. That's okay. You, they can't all be home runs. I no, I no. It. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Carlos, Judgment. I'm surprised to hear you talk about this one. This one kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, this is the one that's on the, uh, it's like the Yakuza spinoff where you're a detective, but it's in the same Yakuza world, I believe. Um, yeah. But kind of the same like mechanics and system and style and stuff like that. I've actually never played this one. Um, because I just, I hit my limit on Yakuza for, I mean, I was a stand for many years, but there's just like too many games and too much to do. So I kind of noped out of this one, but, uh, tell us about judgment. What, what brought you to it? Well, I was looking for an open world game to mess around with. Um, and I just like did like Google search open world games that I haven't played yet. You know, like PS4, whatever. <laughs> Xbox. That would be amazing. Open world games. Carlos hasn't played yet. Search. Actually. In the future, that's definitely going to be a, a That thing. would be great. I would love to see that, yes. Will you, though? Because it's going to involve AI, and you it's don't. It's going to piss me off. I'll see it for you. you. Okay, it for you. in the future, it'll be like the, one of my favorite movies, Her, where I would just tell my OS, yeah, that question, and it would not yeah. It would tell me. But I didn't say the actually, yeah, what I played, but I said uh, those games in general. Found, you know, the Yakuza Worlds, all those games, because they are an open world kind of vibe, and you can go in a ton of buildings, which I appreciate. Right, you can go in a lot of rooms, a lot of yep. stores, and I like that stuff. Like I was just looking around, so that's why I mainly did it. And then also, to my earlier statement with Jetmodo, it was free for me. Oh, um, okay, so you got it in your PlayStation, on my PlayStation, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I just went in and said like open world or something, and yeah. So it and Lost Judgment, which is a sequel, are both in there. So I said I'd I'll start with the first one. So that's the reason I wanted to find an open world game, and it was free to me. So I went in. Um, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Yakuza. I, I definitely, I don't think I stand for it, but I definitely like played a ton of them and then got confused and there's so many storylines and it's like a soap opera. Um, so I get a little tired because it's definitely like visual novel heavy lots yeah. of times. And But I do like a lot of the concepts and I usually like the combat and stuff. So I'll say this. I jump back in with no judgment. Hey. I see what you did uh, there. Yeah. And said, like, let's just go, you know, start brand new. I know it's like Yakuza, but it's also its own story. And I was kind of into the story. And, you know, it's a detective who uh, has a bad case and decides to stop being a detective, really. Uh, oh, he's a lawyer. He, stops, he decides to stop being a lawyer because he had a really bad thing that happened. And so he's now he's a detective, but he's really working with Yakuza. And, you know, he's doing, like, shady stuff as a detective. And, of course, he's beating people up because that's what this game is. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. It's real-time combat, and you jump around, do combos. And, I, you know, I put it on easy because I just wanted to, like, you know, see this world and uh, have fun and not, like, have bold, spongy enemies. So on easy, it was very fun, you know. Like, I got hurt sometimes, but it definitely was just more about, like, having fun with the combos and picking up a sign and hitting somebody in the head with it or a bike, you know, whatever. So the combat was fun, and the story was interesting. But at some point, you hear it in my voice. I was like, yeah, it's Yakuza. Yeah. And even though I did go in a bunch of buildings, and I you know, made some videos of doing some weird NPC stuff, uh, it just became the same. So yeah. I can only do that so long. And I enjoyed it, but it was, in, in quotes, free for me. So similar to that backlog thing that we started with, like that's off of my list now. Yeah. You know, I did yep. it. And I'm pretty sure Lost Judgment its sequel is the same thing. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only difference is the one that I didn't finish, I don't think you finished either, but like a dragon, uh, was turn based. 
And that was quite different when it comes to combat. Uh, did you play that? Like a Dragon? Yeah, I think... Am I saying it right? Is that the right name of it? Yeah, yeah. I think that was even my game of the year when it came out. You loved it, I think. I did love that one, yeah, for Um, sure. So it's turn-based combat, but it's also the Yakuza world. Uh, But better... I remember you telling me now on on the podcast that you liked the storytelling and the characters felt very believable. It was really funny. It was very heartfelt. It had a really entertaining story. Yeah, Yeah, really. That's an awesome game, dude, for sure. Maybe I should go and mess around with that. Um, I bet I, you, I bet you, you would like it because it takes the Yakuza series in a different direction. Number one, I think the turn-based battles are really cool and fun. And if you get tired of the bashing beat 'em up, which I kind of did, it feels very different. But also, just the story—you don't have to know anything about Yakuza at all. It's a fresh start. Main character is awesome. I think he's really fun. All the supporting characters are really fun. Yeah, you laugh a lot. Like it's very humor-based game. I think you would like that one a lot more. I might just jump right to that. And also open world stuff for videos. Uh, there's NPC interactions and funny things there. Yeah. And the sequel that's, or not sequel, but the one that the new Yakuza that's coming out shows a ton of mini games, a lot of fun. Uh, what's it called? Um, not uh, the interim game, but there's the a game Fortune, out now. Limitless Money or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, That's not the name of it, but it's something like that. There's one out now that's an interim Infinite game. Money, something yeah, like that? Yeah, Infinite, something like that. So, you know, I think that one, I don't know if that's turn-based or not, though. Anywho, that's the world. Everybody knows Yakuza. Uh, Judgment is that game. Uh, Lost Judgment is probably more of that game. And I yeah. think I learned that I'm going to go jump to Like a Dragon. Yeah, when you're in the mood for like a big, like if you want a big-ass RPG... That's big ass RPG that I think is probably more in line with what you're thinking of. And I think you'll if you don't lull your way through that entire game, I just I, I know you will, dude. It's really funny. It's good it's good times. Oh wait, okay, so this is good I brought it up, or you, that you brought it up that we're talking about it. Like a dragon, it, it's called Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yes. Like a Dragon Raiden is the game that I just mentioned, is the interim game out now before the money one. Yes. And it Infinite is actually wealth. Yeah, Infinite Wealth. It's like a Dragon Gaiden, though. So it's, like, tied to that world? I don't know anything about that, dude. I know I know it came out, but I just didn't give it any mind because I was busy with other things, and I'm kind of out of that Yakuza ecosystem right now. Yeah. But uh, I, would, I would say just go for just go for Like a Dragon. That's, like, well, a will, good, just saying, fresh like, starting place. It's yeah. interesting that there's one that's based on that world, so maybe it is also turn-based. I'll look it up. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't okay. Know. Anywho, that's it for me. Okay, so there was Judgment. We talked for a minute about Sunshine Manor. This is a game that I played on the Switch. Uh, this is a 2D, kind of a... It got a very, like, 16-bit um, vibe, kind of a... I don't know, Zombies Ate My Neighbors kind of a vibe sort of Mm. a thing. Uh, Basically, pixel-based, very cute art. You play a girl who is out on Halloween. You go to this haunted mansion, and your friends get kidnapped by whatever evilness is inside the mansion, and you need to go rescue them. And before that happens, there is a backstory of a guy who sold his soul to the devil to have a successful kids' TV show. So this is his house that you're in, this guy who is... um, who sold himself out, uh, disappeared, murder, blood, whatever. So his creepy house is the one that you are in. Go inside, you get locked in. So it's like, it's got a very like Legend of Zelda 16 bit overhead kind of perspective. Mm. And it's, it seems like, um, it's very simple and straightforward. And it's one of those games where you spend a lot of time wandering around looking to trigger something, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I was hoping it was going to be like more combat focused or maybe more action based. Uh, But what happens is you go inside. There's not very much story. 
and you kind of just like wander the house waiting for an item to pick up or waiting for something to interact with. And once in a while, a spooky ghost monster will kind of jump out at you. You have the ability to dash and you also have the ability to do a defensive magic circle around you that stays up for like a couple seconds. You can hold it up, let the monster enter your circle and then let the circle go and it gives him a whack and he'll fall down for a while. Mm. Um, Both of those things use a very slow to replenish stamina bar. So you've got to be pretty judicious about whether you dash or do your defensive circle. You can't do both. And whenever you do one, you're out of action for like a couple. It's probably just a couple seconds, but it feels like fucking forever when you're using it. Um, So you just wander around the house in 2D fashion and eventually you like meet a ghost and he's like, hey, I need my spatula. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Where where is that? No idea because I'm a ghost and you just wander for a while. I actually had to go to an FAQ to find out where it was because this game is not great about telling you what you can interact with. And I don't like to randomly click on every surface in an entire game. Oh, yeah. You know, as Gary Butterfield calls it on the uh, uh, the Bonfire Side Chat podcast, he calls it like randomly humping the walls, right? Where you're just like clicking on every surface that you can possibly touch, hoping for a secret door or something secret to pop out. Um, I walked past the spatula a million times, but I didn't click it because I didn't think I could click it. Also, um, wasn't it just in the kitchen? It was not in the kitchen. Oh. It was actually, spoiler, it was inside the trunk of a broken down car that was like 19 screens away. What? Why was it inside the engine? Why was no it? idea. No, and my goodness. the problem was like the engine cover, it didn't like shimmer. There was no shine, sparkle, nothing that let me think that I could click on it. And I clicked on a bunch of things and nothing happened. So I just assumed, well, I will notice something that I can click, but that wasn't yeah. actually true. So it doesn't get off to a good start. And then you're kind of just wandering around. Eventually, um, you get introduced to the demon world, which is like the alternate dimension version of the house, which is full of blood and guts and monsters and demons running around. And it's all very simple, straightforward. Um, there's little demons running back and forth in a straight line that you have to like avoid. Um, there's other, you know, it just gets like kind of gorier. But basically, it's the same thing. You're just wandering around. And the kicker is there's no map. Again, no map. Like, I fucking... Oh, Fucking developers, put a goddamn map in your game because i just not going to put up with this stuff no more. So I, a lot of the rooms look the same. A lot of the hallways look the same. And I couldn't remember where was the thing and where am I need to go. And I saw this thing a while ago, but I can't remember which room it's in. And to be fair, it's not a huge game. It's not a huge world. We're not talking giant open world. But, you know, when you're sitting there and you're not really feeling it already and you kind of just want to move the story along a little bit, just blindly searching for that thing you saw seven minutes ago is like, I, bro, come on, like, yeah. help me out a little bit. Can I put a quick tangent here? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I want to say this also every episode. Um, and again, there's going to be a couple of people that are the get good crowd or whatever. But in general, we, we again, we're broken records, but I have to say it because it, it comes up in this moment. Like, I think just make games easier. Just it, like, what is the difficulty doing for it you know or the stamina meter like you just said there's a stamina meter and you can't do those two things i was like why can't you do those two things because what's the what's the add value or the value add of not being able to do a circle and the dodge thing like just let us do both and then maybe we'll get further in your game and enjoy it more yeah i I just think it frustrates me so much because there's so many moments and like i said i literally set my playstation up to pick easy mode now and I'm getting through more games. We'll uh, enjoy more games. I don't know. It's just so frustrating because difficulty doesn't mean just like boss battles or bullet spongy, which is also a thing. But it means what you just said. These small little things like you can't find something. 
because yeah. of why can't you find it? Not tutorial. That means it's, it, they're adding some extra layer of difficulty. See? Yeah. In, in my I'm, opinion, that's what it is. And I, I definitely agree with everything you just said, for sure. And I, it, to be fair, for this game, I didn't find it particularly difficult in the sense that you mean, but like, but I, I agree with what you said. But it can be multiple things. Difficulty can mean if you can't yeah. do it, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of wonder if they did not give you a map because that meant you would get through the game like much quicker and people are scared of putting out short games. Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other podcast where I think that there should be like two classes of games. Class A, I'm young. I think I'm going to live forever and I've got something to prove. Okay, that's that's one type of game. And the other game is I'm not young anymore. I want to have fun. I have very limited free time. That's like a second class of game, right? Like we're yeah. definitely in class two. But I would suggest, and again, this is actually speaking to that earlier video I mentioned, there's content creators who don't have much time either and they're young, sure. right? So yeah, I don't know. I think well, it's I'm for just anybody speaking of generalities here for sure. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. like there's definitely a class of people out there who are like, you know, the get good crowd who are like, I want the hardest challenge. I want the longest, the biggest map. I want the most things to do. I want 97 million side quests that are just fetch quests. You know, like there's some people who just want to do that and that's cool, but like that's not where we're at anymore. But anyway, getting back to, to Sunshine Manor, I think just the simple lack of a map, that lack of direction was enough to really like just turn me off of the whole thing. And if I knew where I was going, I probably would have pushed further. So yeah. to your point, if there was a little bit more of an accommodation to just not wasting my fucking time, I probably would have pushed further, but I felt like it was wasting my time. Yeah. So I bounced out pretty quickly. I think I got maybe like one boss in and I'm like, okay, this is good. I get it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to invest any more time in this. So All right. sunshine manor. All right. Now to your potential G O T Y two zero two three top pick possibly walking dead destinies. Now, Carlos, I will fully admit I was a walking dead fan for a long time. My history with it. I read the comics when they were new. When they first came out, I was deep in the comic scene at that time. Mm -hmm. Saw Walking Dead number one come out. Oh, I like zombies. I'm going to read this. Oh, this is an amazing comic. And I was on from day one, right? Not to be like hipster. I liked it before it was cool. But just to let you know, like I, you know, I've been in this bandwagon for like a long time. Watched the show. Huge fan of the show for a long time. Didn't finish it, though. And then played most of the Telltale games. Walking Dead, the first Telltale Walking Dead game, my game of the year when it came out. I still think that's an incredible game. I still stand by that one. Yep, it's very good. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely familiar with Walking Dead stuff, but it's kind of cooled off. I haven't been into it for a while. Um, haven't watched any of the spinoffs. Haven't played any of the games recently. So Walking Dead Destinies kind of surprised me. Came out of nowhere. And to be honest, I don't know anything about it uh, or even what it's you know what what kind of game it is or anything. So why don't you... Uh, why don't you fill us in, man? Well, let me give my background too now. Then yeah. first, I also watched the show uh, up to a point, which is uh, the first time. No, I think the only time because uh, I didn't go back to it after that. But when it's minor spoiler for Walking Dead season, whatever, like five four or, or five, six. yeah. So if you want to jump ahead, but uh, when they kill Glenn and yeah, that that's really what I up too. horrific yeah. moment, and it's like you don't need that. Like all the gore that happens with zombies, you get, I guess. But, like, really, it's about human versus human. You know, it's, it, a lot of the show is really that. And yeah. when you start doing that and then also show gore, it's like I think you're pushing to another level of a show now, and it's not what I enjoyed. So that was horrific and stupid, and I just stopped watching. But Same. Up, That's exactly where was it was. it? Okay, yeah. 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 But up until that point, I was, you know, invested in the journey, and I liked the human kind Same. of a element Same. and stuff. And I did read the comics as well. Not since number one, but I write a bunch of them. So all that being said, I also played like some of the games. I played Telltale, 
and they had other offshoot games. They did, yeah. Um, so that's our background. The only reason I really played it is because all, a lot of people on the internet were calling it the worst game of 2023. Walking Dead Destinies is what they're saying is the worst game. It's the of worst game in 2023. Yes. And uh, it's the same developer as uh, Skull Island Rise of Kong, supposedly terrible game that went viral for being bad. Yeah. Also, the developer I heard only had like less than a year to make it. Um, so they just put that in there. And then also they worked on Gollum, which has been called one of the worst games. Boy, boy, they are. Ooh, they got to get off this track, man. What's right. going on over there? Well, here's what's interesting. You actually asked me in the beginning, like, you know, or uh, kind of a precursor, like, why am I talking about Walking Dead? Like, why are we talking about it now? Well, why would you be talking about Skull Island, Rise of Gong? Why would you be talking about Gollum? This is a, a running theme here. I don't know, because all those properties aren't like in the you know, perspective of people talking about them. So Walking Dead's weird to me because it's still going on. The show is still going yeah, on. Yeah, they still they have like at least two shows, I think, that are still running. So there's, I mean, it may not be of the moment and hot, but there's definitely a fan base still, I there's think. There's a fan base, but I, again, it's it's weird timing for all yeah, those three games sure, I just mentioned. Sure. And so for me, I'm not bu- chomping at the bit to go back to Walking Dead at all. Uh, mainly played it for to see why everybody called it so bad. That's what I do. You know what I mean? That's what I do on this podcast. For sure. Um, so here's why I bring it to the show. Um, one, and this is kind of like really quickly high level, it's not as bad as other games. Like we actually both play Gollum too. We um, did. And I watched a lot of the Kong game and they both seemed pretty bad and, and you know, they were boring. Uh, Gollum was very boring. Um, this game is quite good. <laughs> and I just wanted to bring it to the show to say, you know, how many times do we also say on the show, people jump on bandwagons. Uh, people love hate, you know, in this society right now. Clickbaity stuff is all, all the rage. And if we can say something's the worst of something, they love it. And sure, so sure. I think people are like looking at both those games, Gollum and Scollin, and going, the same developer. This is really bad. It's, you know, the cutscenes aren't, you know, anything. They're just kind of like visual novel. And so they attack it and it's kind of clunky. But I'm here to say that I gave it a shot for real. And one, if you think of those cutscenes, so the cutscenes, if you don't know, and I'll tell you what this, the, how the game plays in a minute. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know anything about the game. Yeah, so. I will. But the cutscenes that take place in the game, like in any other video game, you would think are you know animated characters walking around. These are just still framed like uh, you know people, and they kind of move the camera around them a little bit. To kind are of they de- drawings, or are they, or are they taking the game model? They're like CG. You know, okay. It's like graphics. It's not the actual characters, the game, you know, engine. It's like its own little kind of stills uh, that look kind of 3D. So it's a really weird style. And if you think of it this way, though, yes, that's weird as shit. And people are like, that's the first thing they point to. They're like, look, they can't even animate their own characters. But it's like any visual novel. So here's my, like, you know, other side of the fence comment, which is like, yeah, any visual novel, you don't expect them to be animated. You just see a a shot of their head and shoulders, you know? So that's what this is like. But what is the game? And the other thing that's very interesting is what this game is. It's seasons one through four, early stuff that we just said we both liked, right? Like the TV show? TV show. And you're just going through the motions of, you know what that was, but you're making decisions. That's why it's called Destiny. So so, so is this like, okay, let me... Okay, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get okay, there. Okay, just okay, let me finish. I'm almost go there. Ahead, get there. Get there. So your third person, 
you walk around and you do missions as a third person. You play all different characters. So sometimes mission is your Rick, sometimes your Carol, whatever. And you're doing combat and stealth. And then once you're done with those little missions, you go back to a base and you make decisions. So there's decisions you make, which will potentially kill people. You know, like the, like our Telltale game that we like. Sure, sure. And then there's missions, at, like little side missions that pop up too, and you make decisions there too. So like little, hey, should we do this? Decide real quick. And then you decide, and then you go back to your regular, you know, what you're playing. So there's a lot of decisions that happen, and, you know, people do die uh, because, based on those decisions. And you make one right in the beginning, which is that uh, um, uh, Merle, is that right? Earl? Merle? Yeah. Merle. Merle. Yeah, the yeah, brother Merle. of Daryl, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he, yeah. he is on the rooftop, and there's that whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I make that, that decision, show. and yep. it, it literally kills one person or, or doesn't kill another person. Sure. And so that's the game. is like It's like you go to this base. It's not like gathering resources, all that shit. It's not a survival game. It's just you go to a base to make decisions, talk to people, then you go out and do a mission. And the missions, again, are zombies and real people. Is there like shooting in combat and, and stuff? Shooting or what's in combat like? and okay. you dodge roll and you have a melee attack. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, you pick up weapons and each level has its own, you know, uh medicine and, and weapons all, all around the field, and so you're picking them up all the time. And every character, here's the other interesting thing. These are all positives, by the way. Um, you have skill tree for all the characters. If you have the character and you unlock the skill tree, like you know, damage for melee is stronger or whatever. Um, it's for all the characters you use. So all the skills you unlock are for everybody. Oh, your whole group. Yeah, everybody. Anybody. Oh, yeah. gotcha. But if gotcha. someone dies, those skills, that skill tree is gone. Oh, which is so you mean really interesting. Oh, wait, wait. So you mean like like a person can have their individual skill tree, and if they're alive, those perks go to your whole group. But if you right. lose that person, then the whole group loses that person's perks. That's it. Yeah, it shows okay, gotcha, all the characters gotcha. on your skill tree, and each character has their own kind of like yeah line of skills. And so, but they all benefit everybody. So, but again, if you lose somebody, like, um, here's a fun thing. Another reason I kind of like this game, which if you haven't um, figured out, is I, I lost Carl early on. Oh, like geez. early on. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Carl, Carl. No, but Carl. I didn't have to. I didn't have to hear him yell Carl the whole time. So that's right. Good. Um, so he had a whole skill tree of defense that's gone. You know. Okay. And did it really like impact you? Like, did you really suffer for it? Or I mean, again, I'm playing on easy because I was like, if this is wor- okay. supposedly the worst game, I'm not going to like suffer through it. Right. Um, so no, it's not impacting me too much. But I, I would have liked to have those, you know, defense. But it had like a noticeable effect. Like you, you, it, you felt his loss in some way. Yeah, and then also just in general, like the storyline. You know, like the other minor spoiler for my my playthrough mm-hmm. is I made a video of Carol kicking ass because she like you know. Uh, again, you have all the skills unlocked, so I was just kicking ass with Carol. But I lost Carol recently. What? You yeah. can't lose Carol, man. I did. I lost Carol oh and God. Carl. I would restart the game. If no I lost way, Carol. dude. That's not, this is it's like straight through canon. Got to play it and see what happens. Oh man, I can't lose Carol. That's crazy. By the way, the Carol was because of the Andrew thing. This is like now we're in the Walking Dead talk, real quick. But Andrew was in the prison, and I forgot that he's like a two time ring guy. I don't remember who Andrew is. So he's like someone was already in the prison, and you can either kick him out or keep him. Uh-huh. And I feel like in the TV show, when you kicked him out, he brought all his bad guys to go attack. That sounds familiar. Sounds yeah. right, right? But beca- by keeping him in, he killed Carol. What? Yeah. So I, and, and I had no shot. Like that's what this game is. Sometimes you have the shot where you're like going and fighting. 
you're you're doing the actual mission. Other times it just says, "Hey, because you picked this, this is what happens now." So okay, so you don't know the consequences, and then I don't do know something dirty yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. This game's pretty fun. Like okay, you're so kind of selling me on it, dude. Like, here's the combat part. Like the dodge roll, by the way, has iframes. So like, if you dodge, you don't get hit. Nice. Um, and it's a little clunky, and it's different for different characters. Like you know, some of the older guy, the older guy, I forgot his name. Dale was he in there? Dale's in there. Um, oh, Dale died, by the way. He, I think he died in the TV show, too. He yeah. did. He died in the TV um, show, too. But, like, there's another guy, the guy who owns a farm. You know, he, when you do a dodge oh, roll. Oh, Herschel. Yeah, Herschel. Yeah, Herschel. Yeah. When you do a dodge roll with him, he doesn't really roll. Yeah, he's, <laughs> like, know? 75 years old or yeah. some shit like that. But that's kind of cool, too. And But he still has iframes, even if he's just dodging. Yeah. And then, you know, you have the melee, and you can pick up all these different weapons. And then the guns feel okay. And you have, they have the silent kill, which is like get behind someone, stab a zombie in the head, and it's done. Yeah. And then you have an adrenaline meter. So if you get your adrenaline meter up, you can do like a crazy attack, like cutting the heads off of zombies and stuff, and it replenishes your health. So nice. you get your health back. Um, doing all this in a mission is pretty darn fun. And again, it's clunky. You see the videos, and it's like not the best thing in the world. Sure. But it's also very functioning and it is also very addictive because I just want to get to the next thing, see what the the, the consequences were, and then do another combat thing. Right. right, um, right. And then some of the guns feel good. Like actually the shotgun felt good. And I was like, wait, why am I having fun? Like this is like fun to shoot this gun. Uh, yeah, there's an assault rifle later on. And I don't know. There was a couple of big bugs. You know, it's got bugs in it. And one of the bugs I couldn't even progress for a while until they fixed it, mm. you know. But they updated it. And in general, I like this game. Man, that man, wow. Okay, so you're kind of selling me on it, and I think that maybe this is actually the right venue to talk about this because you and I are both we're not AAA only, right? Like we're we're fine playing something that's janky if it's got some good ideas. Elix, Elix. I was thinking Risen or Elix yeah. or something like that. Eurojank. Like we're totally fine with that. Like. If you've got a cool idea, cool premise, and it's interesting gameplay, like we'll put up with some, you know, shoddy animation or, you know, less than stellar graphics or something. It's all about like the fun we're having. And I mean, what you're describing sounds honestly pretty fun to me. Like I kind of would be up for that. So it's crazy. I, I also say this I just sent an article on uh, Game Rant that mm-hmm. says it is a, uh, let's see here, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's receiving a lot of criticism. But it's becoming one of the uh, surprising financial success for the Xbox. Yeah, uh, it's in the top twenty sell- best-selling Xbox games right now. See, so maybe there's something to it. You know, I think I think there are definitely a, a section of people who are like all about the highest, you know, highest bleeding-edge graphics and the you know the smoothest frame rate and stuff. But there's also just like some fun to be had sometimes with these like lower-tier games, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like I think we need to get off of this whole, you know, only the best all the time. Like sometimes low budget, you know, low poly, those can be really great times too. Yeah. And that's, I bring it up also because it's that thing I started with, which is the clickbait, hate bait kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that mentality just got to go away. I don't know if it ever will, but I wish it uh, would. And that's what this is. I mean, like there is a reason because Gollum and Kong weren't good. So there's, you know, uh, what's it called? history there right yeah and people have identified them as an okay punching bag right right yeah they're like okay yeah we're all allowed to do that but i'm just here to say no alternate take devil's advocate blah 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 but not even devil's advocate i'm playing it and i'm still playing it and i'm thinking about playing it after this podcast like 
I want to see what the outcome is and talk about video. I'm so excited to like finish this game and go, here's my party. You know, here's who yeah. survived. Yeah. Like you were already surprised that Carl died, you know, like, yeah, that's, those are huge. Those are huge deaths, dude, for sure. Yeah. If you're a fan of the show, that means a lot. So and how I much was, like uh, gonna... how much was this game? Oh, I don't know. That's a 20 bucks, 25, 30. I think it's a lot of money. I'm going to look it up right now. I I'm not going to go in money. on 60. If it was like, it's 50. Oh, that's too much, man. Oh, wait, wait, hold much. on. It's 50 for the the newer systems. It's 40 for the older systems. Nah. See, if it was Still like 25, I'd be like, yeah, I'm down 25. But nah, I'll wait for a sale. They man. should drop it. I bet you they'd sell even more. Although, why they have to drop it, they're best selling on Xbox right now. So, yeah, it's going to, in the new year, January, February, I'll pick it up for a cheap and I'll, yeah. I'll play it then. Yeah. Anywho, I'm just here to bring it to the show because it's not what people are thinking. Uh, it's kind of fun. It's got mechanics that I don't play in any other game, which is decision-making and also combat and also stealth. And yes, again, so everybody knows, there's a bunch of jank in this game, you know? Like the way you move even. (laughs) It's like weird. And like the invisible walls are everywhere, so it doesn't feel real. Like it doesn't feel like an open world at all. It's like this is a a level. You know, you're in a level. And if it, you fall off and you roll off some weird way, it can get janky. But it doesn't matter. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to find out what happens. And, well, this sounds good. Yeah. This sounds good. One final question yes. before we move on here. So what is the save? Are we talking it autosaves after every decision and you're stuck? Or can you like reload a save if something crappy happens? Um, I haven't reloaded the game once. But can you, though? Uh, I mean, I just hit continue. So I don't know. I think there might be multiple loads, but... I don't but you're know not saving it. it like you're not doing like manual saves. No, 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 are, no, 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 no. It's just auto saving, and I, it's really good with uh, checkpoints because I just did one that was uh, I had to get to. Remember, and it's reminding me of the show, by the way, the things that we liked about it. Yeah, remember that guy who originally saves you, and then he's like a sniper because he had to kill his wife. That whole thing. Uh, he's like he's up in the top. He's up in his house because he after he saved you in the very beginning, the first episode. I feel like that's Fallout New Vegas. No, no, no. Anyways, he saves you in the beginning, and then you go back and find him, and he's like a, a torn man because he had to kill his wife, and so he's out, he's now he's a sniper and he's shooting. Oh, was it? Yeah, he's like one of the very first guys you meet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 I know. I anyway, so name, but... I'm in that scene, and I get so far to get to him, he's like shooting at me, fucking sniper rifle, and I kill all these zombies, and I get like really close to the house, and it just I have to get to one door, and I'm almost there, and I died, and they put me right near the house. Okay. And I was like, fuck, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So right. I, yeah, I think it's, I think there's a lot of good things about it. If I'm not giving it a score, but right now I call it like a solid seven. I mean, you're selling me on it, dude. If it wasn't 50 bucks, I'd go buy it right now. But uh, that's, that's, that's more than I want to pay for a game right now. But oh, yeah. I, I'm going to put it on my radar. I'm going to put you it on should. my radar. You should. And also, yeah, a lot of the faces and voices are like, you know, sure, off, whatever. like super off, but whatever. Oh, is it, is it um, impersonator voices or real voices? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. Are you kidding just checking, me? Just and Rick yeah. looks a little weird, okay? <laughs> I mean, a bunch of people look a little weird. He, Rick's oh, been through some shit. One more thing. I just got to be Michonne. Are you fucking oh, really? kidding me? Okay, Worth the price cool. of admission. All right, all right. That's I was cool. Michonne cutting heads off of zombies with her katana blade, and there was a whole thing where I had to go find the blade. Yeah, very cool. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, it's on my radar. It's on my it's radar. On radar. Okay. I just need a price drop, so. All right, that's there it. There we go. Mocking Dead Destinies. I don't know. Sounds cool. Yes, check it out. All right, final game of the show here uh, for me, Lake Seasons Greetings DLC. Do you remember Lake, Carlos? Oh, yeah, I do. We both liked it. We both liked it. This was the game that came out, 
I don't know what, two years ago, something like that. Probably more like five. Who knows? I'm in the time warp right now, but it's the one where you play a daughter who goes to a small town in the middle of somewhere and your dad is the mailman there and he wants to go on a vacation to Florida. So you take over his mailman route for like two weeks. Uh, that would never happen in real life because kids don't take over their parents' mailman route. But in this game, suspension of disbelief, we're just going to go with it. And then you meet people and you talk to people and you deliver mail and you drive around the lake for like two weeks. And that's all the game is. Yep. And it was really fun and really cozy, um, really lightweight uh, mailman simulator. I had a really good time with it. You enjoyed it, didn't you? I really did. And it's like, yeah, I think she went away because she wanted to get away from the hustle bustle of the city. Yeah, Remember? she's like a she's like a computer programmer in the big city and then she gets away to the town. Very much like a Hallmark holiday movie or something where she leaves the hustle and bustle and, you know, comes this small, quiet life. And there's potential romance options there if you like. And, or you can do nothing. You can just chill and watch TV and deliver mail. It was just a really cool, very cozy, very mellow, laid back game. No explosions, no combat. Nobody died. It was just like, just chill for two weeks. Is yep. Yeah, pretty unusual at the time. And I still think it's pretty unusual, but I, I liked it a lot. So this is the Christmas prequel DLC called Season's Greetings. I didn't know this was coming. Had no idea. Wasn't expecting anything more from Lake. That's basically a one and done kind of an experience. Um, but they sent me, the publisher sent me the code. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. And I was uh, happy to jump back in. I liked Lake a lot. Uh, but I wasn't sure what we were going to be doing here. And to be honest, I wasn't aware that it was a prequel. So when I started the game, I was very confused. Um, they don't really say, hey, this is a prequel. They, I think the date comes up. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't remember what the dates were of the original oh, yeah. game. I wouldn't either. It was like 1986, and I'm like, uh, is that before or after? I don't remember. Are we continuing these? I mean, I figured it out because uh, some people who, not to spoil anything, but, you know, you make your choices in the game and then things change, and I come back and those things are unchanged. So I'm like, okay, this has got to be prequel, right? And then I check it on YouTube or Google, and I'm like, okay, prequel. They need to be a little bit more clear about that. Anyway, um. Like I said, I wasn't expecting more DLC for this game. It was nowhere anything that I expected. And to be honest, I don't know that I even wanted more. Um, it wasn't something that I finished the game and I was like burning for more, you know? I was like, okay, yeah. cool, good experience, right? Um, I felt pretty satisfied by the first game and I think that's an okay place to just leave things. But uh, I jump back in the game. You, you start as your, your former main character's father. The guy who ends up going to Florida in the main game, you play him. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, right, the dad, I remember this. And then you start delivering mail. It jump. It assumes that you have just played the main game because they have zero tutorial. I was like, wait a minute, how do I deliver packages again? What's the button for picking up a box? I don't remember what's going on. Figure it out, it's okay. And it's basically just like, it's, it's more. It's more content. Um, I was speaking to somebody about this earlier, not this particular game, but a different game. And they were like... Uh, oh yeah, my least favorite kind of DLC is more. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And they're like, it's literally the exact same game, just more of it, nothing mm. really, you know, not like more story or anything, just like just play more of the thing that you just played. And I'm like, okay, I get you. Um, and I feel like this is kind of more. Um, I wasn't super curious about the characters of the game. I feel like I got a good story with them. I felt like I, I got everybody who they were and... I reached a good conclusion. I was happy with that. Like, it's not like I left the first lake going, oh, I wonder what happened to so-and-so or, oh, I really wish I knew the backstory to so-and-so. Yeah. No, I was like, this is a cool game and I like it and I'm good. Like, I felt like it was well done. So I wasn't burning to come back. I didn't have any burning questions. And to be honest, 
I mean, so in that part, okay, I guess. But as I start playing it, I get back into the rhythm of it. And I'm like, okay, right. I remember why I like this. It's really cozy. It's really chill. Um, I think the best way to play this game is just to do one round per day. This is not the kind of game that you want to play for like two hours straight. You get up in the day, third person. You start off at the mail, uh, mail, <laughs> mail center, the post office. That's what it's mail the, Yeah, mail center. Jesus. I, I call it that. The post office. You got a sack full of mail and then you just deliver the mail. I say just do one of those per day, just like in real life. You drive around, you make your your drops. Every once in a while, you talk to somebody that you see on your route. You have a little chit-chat conversation. You come back, and then you either do an event or you watch TV or read a book. And that's it. Just do one of those per day, and I think it's really cool. It takes you about a half an hour, and then you don't start feeling repetitive because you just do the same thing every day. And if you play two, three days in a row, you're like you're going to like, ah, oh, this is boring, and this is the same thing. Don't do that. Just do one per day. I think it's a perfect way to start your day deliver the mail, come back, have a chat, and then you're good. And I'm just doing that. I'm just kind of just making my way through it. I think I'm almost to the end of it because we're almost to the a big event, which I'm not going to spoil. Uh, and then uh, I think that'll be it. But it's just more of what Lake was, but it's also good. And it's it's cozy and comforting. And it really makes me want to move out to that fictional town. Yeah. I really want to go move to a small town and live by a lake. And I want to be the mailman now. It probably would suck. There's probably like a million things that are bad about it that you don't know about from the game, but it makes it really appealing. Like when you watch one of them Hallmark movies and you want to go move to some small town and start a cafe right next to a tree farm at Christmas time, right? True. Like I just, I, I want yeah. I think I was going to say, I think a lot of the creepiness would be like, you know, you're, you're walking up to people's houses though and yeah. you don't know what, what everybody's about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in that yeah. game, it's like, there's no one home. I think most of the time, right? Yeah, There's, most of the time, no one's home. Yeah. Sometimes you're doing those missions where you deliver a package yeah. uh, to the actual person. But like, yeah, if, if no one's home, then I guess that's cool. But it was fun. Well, you know, kind of a weird side story. A million years ago, in a different lifetime, I was driving uh, to Idaho. And I stopped off at this town, which was kind of, it kind of reminded me of the Lake Town. It's a very small town. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to insult anybody here. But um, it was in the middle of fucking nowhere. And you like driving in, it was one of those towns where everybody looks at you and you know, they know you're not from there. Yeah. Right? They're like, yeah. Who is this? Person? Yeah. We went into the local ca- uh, local cafe and like literally everybody craned their head and looked and everybody knew we were not from there. And everybody in the restaurant knew everybody else because they were calling each other by name and chatting. And I'm like, OK, whoa, we are like. This is some small town shit going down. So it was weird and kind of uncomfortable. So I bet that if I did move to a small town, it would be more of that. And I would feel very strange and kind of icky maybe. But playing Lake, they gave you the best possible version of that where it feels very comfortable, very welcoming and very warm. So fictionalized. Yeah. You know, that DLC works because like I said, like you said, it's a cozy game. It's like, um, exactly. You you might want more of that. So exactly. So, um, you know, it's just like Lake. If you like Lake and you want more of that. And I think if you like Lake, you probably do. Then just do this and just do one mission a day. And I think you'll have a real good time with it. So there you go. There you go. Lake seasons, greetings, DLC. Okay. That is it. The game portion of our show is officially done. So feel free to bounce if you don't want to talk about stuff that's not games. But Carlos and I do have a few things to discuss that are not related, but TV, movie, otherwise, uh, stuff to talk about. Carlos, you got something you want to mention before we uh, close out the show? Well, actually, tied to the small town thing of Lake uh, is Fargo. I've been watching the new season of Fargo. Oh, Fargo. I've never seen that. I heard good things about it, though. Oh, yeah. So the first two seasons, I think, are very, very good. It got a little weird after season three. And four, I didn't enjoy. Uh, I thought it was okay, but it just it went back in time and stuff. I don't know. 
But season one is the closest to like the movie, uh, Fargo's TV show. I didn't see the movie, not the right. TV show. The movie was good. Fargo season one is like the movie. It's like an extension of that. Then season five is closer to season one or, or the movie kind of. It's kind of goes back to its roots of being about you know, someone you don't know, like in a small town, that you kind of they have a past that's weird and um, things are just not what they seem kind of thing. Also, John Hamm's in it as kind of a really uh, interesting character, I'll say, without spoiling anything. Okay. And I'm just all in. It's like it's it's the first two episodes are up uh, now. I know you hate that. So, you know, oh, you watch yeah, it later someday. It. Is this the is this the series that has Juno Temple in it from yeah, Ted Lasso? Yeah, she's incredible. Oh. Uh and she is, you know, definitely the main uh focus of the story. Uh John Hamm as well. And all the supporting cast is amazing. Uh Jennifer Jason Lee's in it and she's very good. So, yes, I think the whole thing is excellent. It feels like season one again. So if anybody's been out like me and kind of wanted to come back, uh, it definitely talks about a small town and people knowing each other. and uh, But weirdness and murder and, you know, the darkness that happens in Fargo. Mm. Uh, I'll have to add this to our list because my wife and I, we just finished up a show. We We watch regular TV like with our kid during the day, but then we reserve like other, you know, the show's only for mom and dad, and it's not porno or anything. I mean, it could be potentially, but no, it's usually like spooky, it's too spooky for the kid or too bloody for the kid or something. Like, yeah. we reserve, and I think this is probably one that I think maybe we would watch just my wife and I. Um, so I'll have to add this to our list. I might have to check this out. Yeah, it's got, you know, it's got vibes of, because uh, of course, um, the director, definitely channeling Coen Brothers, uh, is No Country for Old Men. It's got a vibe of that, too. Okay. Okay. Uh, especially with like people hunting other people, you know, and like. Sure. We're going to get them, and uh, it's man, it just has you. It gets you right away, and you're like, I need to know what happens in the story. So, yes, wait for it to be out fully, probably, but I highly recommend it. All right. Well, I've watched none of it, so if we start at season oh, one, start then season, season one. four will be out before. Well, no, no. I think you should. Done. Here's how you should do it, okay? You know, I tell you this just like yes. you tell me. Just watch season one, okay? Mm-hmm. You'll have a great time. It's all out, and then don't do anything. <laughs> and then just and skip then wait two and three? season five. Oh, t- skip two and three and four? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think maybe two, but I feel like two is one again. Okay. You know I mean? I'm very, uh, uh, what's the word? Skilled, not skilled, uh, experience in this series and the movies and stuff. So anyways, two is kind of like one. Uh, again, credible acting and great cast, but I would say if you're going to do this and we don't have so much time, watch one, then watch five. And you don't miss anything? No, there's nothing. It's, they're all different stories. Different stories. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. What else you got? Uh, I think that was it. I just wanted to mention I really enjoy these um, probiotic chocolate bars. Not sponsors, but they could be. They're called Belly Welly. I believe I saw them on Shark Tank originally. Oh, wow. Okay. B-E-L-L-I-W-E-L-L-I. And they, you know, there's lots of bars out there that say they're healthy or whatever. These definitely are probiotics, lots of probiotic in them. But they taste amazing. They're like a, I got the chocolate fudge brownie one. Gotcha. And I mean, they're using dark chocolate in it, big, huge pieces of chocolate, yummy, yummy. And it's like a treat to have a dessert, and it's also good for you. So, gotcha. just thought I'd pr- uh, promote them, even though they're not going to, they're not a sponsor. But if they would like to be, they could be. Belly Welly. There you go. Okay. Uh, that's all uh, I got. Okay. I got a, I got a couple things here. Uh, I, did I mention that I finished Ted Lasso, that I finished it completely? I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I keep forgetting. Yes, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. I finished Ted Lasso, season one, two, and three, and then the series is over. 
it was really crappy because we were watching the very final episode. We were about 10 minutes away from the end. And then I got uh, an emergency call from work. And they're like, we need you literally right now. And so I had to put the whole thing on pause. We paused 10 minutes before the show, before the entire show was over, which sucked. I could not believe it. I sucked so hard. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it a million times because we have talked about Ted Lasso a bunch. But boy, I feel like they landed. I feel like they got the ending. I feel like it made sense. I feel like there were there were very, 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 very few missteps in the entire three seasons of the show. Almost everything was directly on point. Almost everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's perfect. So I think that's a, an amazing batting average. Loved the characters. Loved everything about it. Didn't think I would care about it, but I loved it. Probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, yeah, great. I mean, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, watch it. It's worth it. If you don't think it's for you, give it a shot anyway. And it tells a complete story, beginning, middle, and end, season one, two, and three. And it wraps up perfectly. That's the best you could ever hope for. Wonderful yeah, show. Wonderful show. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie called Unseen. This is coming from Blumhouse, and I'm really into Blumhouse stuff lately. Their new era, their warm, fuzzy era, is really working for me a lot. Well, Five started... Nights at Freddy's, or whatever, right? Yeah, that too. That one didn't. That that was okay. That was fine. But it, I mean, it's not like over the top. Exactly, gross exactly. Meat, you know? They started. Yeah. yeah, you're exactly right. They started with the really gross, the really hardcore. I was like, ooh, I'm out. But then they lightened the fuck up, and they started doing funny, and they started doing horror comedy, and they started doing just, just lighter tone, and like that shit is right on target for me. I, I eat the Blum, Blumhouse stuff up now. Like almost everything they put out lately is really good mm. in my wheelhouse. So this is one about a woman who is trying to escape an abusive relationship, uh, but she's got really poor eyesight and her shithead boyfriend breaks her glasses. She's trying to escape from his house in the woods, but she can't see shit because her eyes are so terrible. Oh, geez. So what happens is she randomly calls a stranger and this stranger uh, picks up and what they do is she uses her camera on her cell phone uh, to show the person who she called to guide her out of the woods, right? So she's like, I can't see anything, but I'm holding up my camera, my phone, with the camera pointed forward. So you tell me what I see, and you help me get out of these woods to escape my shitty ass ex. And so there's a person who's like at a gas station who's like looking at the screen under camera going left, right. Oh, watch out for the boulder and, you know, all that stuff. And then this other woman is like stumbling her way through the woods, blind as a fucking bat. But she's got the camera held out in front of her. Interesting. And yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. It's it's uh, light light on the lighter side. There's definitely some laughs, but it's also a couple tense moments. And I think it's a pretty interesting premise for a movie. And it was a really good time. I really enjoyed it. There's a good message at the end. And I felt like it was a really fun watch. So I definitely give that one a thumbs up for sure. Thumbs All up. Right. Big time. Uh, we watched. We talked about Joyride already, right? We talked yep, about that. Yep, Joyride. Yep. That was good. Boy, that was raunchy. I'm still reeling from that one. Um, we watched, oh, a new movie called Onyx, the Fortuitous, and the Talisman of Souls. Have you heard of this one? I have not. Apparently, the guy who makes this, and I don't know his name, I apologize, is a YouTuber. I had never heard of him. I didn't even know he was a YouTuber until after we watched the movie. But this was a kickstarted movie, uh, low-budget horror comedy. And I think we found it on either Shudder or Screambox or something like that. Maybe Screambox, which is the Shudder competitor. And it was actually really funny and really good. Uh, it's about this guy who's like a burger flipper and he hates his life and everybody dumps on him and he, he turns to Satan to kind of like turn his life around. Jeez. And he, <laughs> it's kind of a turn. Bad he idea, went, by the way, by the way. Bad idea. Yeah, it, it didn't work out for him. But like he, he enters his sweepstakes. His favorite Satanist is having a sweepstakes where he's going to pick five devoted followers to come and summon Abaddon at his house over the weekend. 
and he wins and so he goes to this guy's mansion and it's really it's funny it's light there's lots of jokes um the main character himself is this really super eccentric character he's got this bizarre um delivery whenever he reads his lines and it's just a lot of really goofy stuff if you want something just really off the wall and goofy and dumb and funny it was really funny we really liked a lot and i gotta say for being a kickstarter movie the effects were pretty good and i feel like even though it was small budget it didn't feel that small. Like I felt like it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty tight and solid. So it was good. All right. Good, good, good movie. Thumbs up for sure. Um, unseen. We talked about Nancy Drew is back. Season four of Nancy Drew. You ever watched Nancy Drew? Did you the new one? No, I don't. I didn't. No. It is definitely like that kind of like '90s teen romance, but also spooky supernatural detectives. It's like Scooby Doo if they actually had sex. I'm out. Minus the dog. Yeah. Um, oh wait, I'm it's back good. in. I'm back in. My, no, yeah, no dog, no dog. No just dog. the, okay. just the, you know, the Fred and Daphne, Velma, Shay. Like, imagine those guys with being people, but they also actually have sex and they have romance. But there's also ghosts, yeah. real ghosts and supernatural horror stuff. A lot of jump scares. Um, I love Nancy Drew. It's weird because the main character, Nancy herself, I, we all find her to be incredibly unlikable. Like, she's very abrasive and very like we don't like her very much. But supporting cast really softens her up and i think she does a good job i mean i think she's supposed to be unlikable Mm -hmm. so kudos to the actress for doing a job but it's just um you know kind of monster of the week kind of stuff but we like the supporting cast and it's funny a little bit of romancy and it's also spooky it's got a good blend of all these elements and it just comes together really well good good solid like 90s like you know vibe to it so if you like that kind of stuff that flavor of stuff nancy drew is really good we like nancy drew a lot um, the last thing I want to talk about is Bodies, which you recommended. I sure did. A couple weeks ago. This is the movie on, or TV series on Netflix. I think it's eight episodes. Maybe it's ten episodes. I can't remember. Uh, but it's about a dead body that shows up in four different periods in time. It's like the 1800s, the 1940s, 2023, and then 2053. The same identical dead body shows up in the same place four different times and four different investigators trying to find out what's going on across these four timelines. So, folks, I'm, I, it's impossible to talk about this without spoiling it. So this is basically the end of the show. That's We're just going to yeah. wrap it up after this. So I, I'm going to throw up a spoiler warning. Uh, we're going to just spoil everything about bodies. So if you've already seen it, you know, go ahead and listen to the chat. If you think you might watch it or you don't want to be spoiled, please just stop the show now. You're not going to miss anything. It's just going to be us signing off after this. So full, full on nuclear level spoiler warning for bodies starting right now. Okay. So Carlos, you recommended this to me. I watched it on your recommendation, although I kind of had noticed it on Netflix as well. You saw the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I saw the whole thing. So tell me your your overall nutshell like how did you land on this one yeah it's, it's a long burn or slow burn kind of in yeah, a way yeah, yeah. and each episode's like an hour or something yeah so definitely. you really have to just like be fully invested but i it's similar to the 1887 or what's the one with the ship and that I oh liked? yeah the boat yeah i know yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about. um it felt like that where like if you surrender to it then i think you have a good time like you can't be like i just want to get in and out or i just want to figure things out it's like you just kind of go in, yeah. And I feel like I did a good. I I really enjoyed that series because I did that, and so I did that with this. And that's actually a good precursor for people who uh, are listening to the spoiler and now they want to leave because I think that's actually beneficial. Uh, that's how I got the most out of it. I was like, I'm just gonna be in this world for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. So that so I liked it overall. I liked it a lot. I think you know anything anything to do with time travel 
can get wonky because, you know, you make up your own rules. Some of it's realistic, in quotes, based on what we know. But then some of it's like, uh, why does that make sense? It shouldn't, you know? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of moments like that. But to see how they try to bring it together was cool. The fact that they literally set up a season two, um, and I don't think they're greenlit for it, but you could see it obviously happening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I think it was very good because, again, I like just got into these characters' lives, and the, especially the guy from the 1800s. Man, I just... He's such a good actor. That guy, yeah, yeah. Incredible. He was on Andor, too, yeah. Yeah, I just felt everything like he was feeling, you know, and yeah. being so frustrated. And, and the girl in the in the present day kind of thing, I felt her vibe a little bit. And, yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. It's not, like, my favorite thing in the world. And I thought there were some problems with the time travel stuff. But I really liked what they were doing, especially, like, the societal dystopian stuff, too. Um, where like, you know, give away your rights to have everything you need kind of in a way. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Cause that was one of our biggest problems with the show. Um, so we watched the whole thing overall. I feel like we like, liked it. Like we didn't love it, but we thought it was okay. Like, I'm glad I watched it. I don't, I'm not mad that I spent eight hours on it or whatever, but it didn't pop the way that I was kind of hoping it would be. I mean, the premise is really strong. It's so fascinating to think that like the same dead body appears at four different times. That's, that's already super interesting to yeah think it gets about, you right? in right away yeah like it's a good hook right but so let's say for example like we're talking about the future um and again folks we're going to be spoiling everything just again reminder when you when they show you this quote-unquote dystopian future like i don't think they really sold the dystopia like i don't understand what the problem was it was like they showed the rich people in power which is just like it is now they showed the poor people in the slums just like they are now and uh, they're stealing your data just like they are now. And I don't, I didn't really understand what the problem was. Like, I'm like, why is everybody so mad about this guy being in power? He seems just like any other guy in power. Like there was no, you know, they weren't showing like the, the boot of the man keeping people down or they weren't right. showing like, you know, all these like injustices. I was like, it looks fine. It looks like, they cleaned up the streets and like, I don't need, they didn't sell that to me. So I was like, why are you guys so mad about th this guy? And that's a big part of the show is like, you gotta, you gotta like believe that they want this guy out of power, that he's doing something terrible. But I'm like, they don't explain oh. what's terrible about it. Okay. So I can answer that real quick. One, yeah. I agree with you because um, I've read or watched every, I think that's not a generalization, every dystopian like novel or movie or sh TV show. Yeah. And 1984, Brave New World come to mind. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Fahrenheit 451 is a perfect example. And all those, like you said, show the boot uh, stomping the head, like yeah, 1984 yeah. reference. Um, and this one doesn't do that. But all you need to do is watch the show and see what that guy fucking does. Because that guy is terrible like he's doing terrible things including that time he's like i'm gonna marry your daughter and you can't do shit about it and now you die like that's a straight up evil type thing you know sure so i think it's just like not liking that person for what he's trying to like conquer the world oh yeah by the way also brad what? um the small version of him destroyed like a hundred thousand people at once uh with the bomb that uh, also happened I mean remember that yeah That's sure a bad thing. that is a bad thing for sure um but i guess just in the context of the story like they show i i, I mean like so so okay so to set it up the main guy the, the guy who like is in control in the future just to get people listening here if, if you know whatever They're, he goes to the past yeah they already know he goes to like 1840 or whatever because he's lonely 
his mom rejects him. He's very unhappy. And he somehow thinks that he's going to find happiness by creating this, his version of a utopian society. But the only way he can do this is to send himself to the past to like 1840, because it's going to take him all this time to build up the money and build up the connections and lay all his plans. And then he's going to die in like 1940. But then his descendants will live on and then he will actually eventually give birth to himself uh, later on in the timeline. So he will be reborn. Spoiler, that's not how DNA make, works. Yeah. And also doesn't make tons of sense there. There's a little bit of fuck up there, I think. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. That was one. But we were like, OK, that doesn't make sense, especially because they went to the point of saying your DNA is identical. Boy, that's super not how DNA works. All you had to say was you gave birth to yourself and you would have dodged that whole point of like the DNA not making sense of it, but whatever. Yeah. So, so he does this, but like when you look at his, his quote unquote dystopian utopia in the future, it's fine. Like even though he himself is shitty and I agree with you, like he killed out like a hundred million people or whatever. And he, you know, was tricking people and lying to people and married that guy's daughter and stuff. But like when you look at what he created, it's like, uh-oh. Fine. Uh-oh. Like, I don't know. You, you, you know that sounds like a lot. That, don't tell me the ends just for the it, That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. I'm just, I'm just saying. When you just look, if you didn't know this guy, right? Like, like we don't know. I know what you do because you're watching the show. I mean, we do, but like, but if you just were to take the situation, like, it doesn't explain why people are chafing against him. Yes. You know what I mean? No, like, no, if you, you get... didn't know the time travel stuff that we get because we're the viewer, you'd be like, this looks like normal society or even even slightly even a better society perhaps they could have made the whole show better by just doing that i think right so they just show a little bit of darkness of the reality of the of the future they could have done yeah, that. So, yeah so that part also and then and then you know like i just felt like um they didn't really sell the characters to us like i felt for the guy in 1840 who's like a closeted gay man and in 1840 or whatever it is you're obviously not supposed to be gay and that was a whole big part of the show so i felt for that guy um, but like, here's, here's the thing for an upshell. Anytime the, the show came to a revelation, let's say, for example, you finally figure out something about this instead of me and the wife going, Oh snap. We just were like, okay. And just kind of like, it never popped. Like we never got like the really dramatic, like reveal. There was never like an, Oh my God moment. Like it was, we figured it out pretty quickly on, I think by episode three, I knew what was going on and I just kept waiting for like something amazing or some like weird twist to happen and it kind of yeah. didn't it kind of just played out so there was no surprises and even the dramatic moments that were supposed to be dramatic didn't really land like when the future detective shoots the guy who ends up being the corpse or like when the 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 guy um throws himself in jail because he doesn't want to send his gay lover to prison and like and like none of those moments were like you know it's like i get them i appreciated it but it wasn't like i was feeling it i wasn't like in the show you know what i mean yeah i think in general as i yawn over mm-hmm. the show um it, it feels almost like wait is it walking dead destinies um it's like a solid thing like i enjoyed my time with it and i again surrendered to the time and the characters yeah but i also didn't have like those oh that's what it is you know i didn't yeah. do it either yeah um but i still enjoyed it so like, what is that? That's a seven. Yeah, I I think I think a cool story. And some people told me afterwards, like, read the book. The book is better, which is always the cliche thing to say, because uh, it was based on a comic book uh, from oh, DC okay. Vertigo, I believe. I didn't realize that, but the guy who wrote that also, I believe, wrote a bunch of Judge Dredd stuff, and he was like pretty pretty prolific in the UK, I think. So maybe I'll go back and read the book. But they're like, yeah, the 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 TV show didn't really sell what made the book so good. It was just more of like a, 
here's the premise and we're going to explain the premise and then we explain the premise and then here you go, there's the show, which is kind of how I felt. I didn't feel like there was any real highs or lows. I didn't really feel very invested. Like I didn't hate it, but I didn't get the emotional buy-in that I like with my favorite shows, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like so. the ship one better, by the way. The 18, whatever it is. 18. Yeah, that was a weird one. That was definitely a weird one. All right. Did All you, right. Oh, by the way, did you watch Black? Uh, no. What is that? That was from the creators of the of the ship show. Oh, I started to, and I think I got bored or something. Okay, because somebody was saying that was like, they're like, oh, if you want a good time travel story, you should check out Black. It's more hardcore than this one, but it had a better payoff. And I think it's subtitled, too. I think maybe Yeah, it's, it's from right. Germany. It's from yeah. the same people who did the 1887, but it, you like really like the 1887. I know. So I, th- I started it for sure after yeah. that, and I think I didn't like it as much. Okay. All right. All anyway. Right. All right. I'm that's done. a show, folks. That's a show. Uh, thanks for listening. Before we close, want to just ask you all to leave reviews if you can. Share us on social media. But most important of all, please recommend us to your friends. And also just a reminder that our Patreon is now live. I will give you the address. That is patreon.com slash the so video games podcast. Kick in a buck or five if you like or don't. Totally up to you, but we're glad to hear either way. Thanks for listening. Um, and also... As per usual, you can uh, send us your questions and comments. We always like to get those. Hit us up, sovitygamespodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Glitch to the ground. That's it. Just Google. That's it. All right. Excellent. As for me, I'm on Twitter, Blue Sky, and Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 364. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.